Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 183 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. We're back. I'm back. Adam never left. Yeah, I didn't go anywhere. I don't know what you're talking about. Somehow you leaving, I ended up doing more work over the past week. How's that happen? Well, nobody asked you to do as much work as you did, but it was very appreciative. <laughs> well, you know, you got to have contents on the channel. I learned that from uh, some other some other podcasting networks that, you know, you got to have something up there every day. Almost, like, not every day, but like, I don't know. You get, you can't, you get what I'm saying. I'm confusing myself. Right. No, I obviously with whatever at odds was going to be, there needed to be something there. Yeah. <laughs> but then you it, went above and beyond and recorded something else that nobody knew about. Yeah. It's funny because like I, I posted some of my uh, weekly purchases on Instagram and people were DMing me and being like, oh, I can't wait to hear the story of how you got that on this week's at odds. And I'm like, well, first of all, thanks for listening to Porch Talk, asshole. Second of all, <laughs> I, I, anything that I bought and talked about on weekly purchases uh, will not be mentioned on this show. So if you want to hear it, you have to go listen to uh, Porch Talk. Yeah, and like to to cro- you know to cover all the bases, you know, I put it out on the uh, the After Dark feed and this feed, you know, so yeah. in the hopes to get it as wide as an audience as possible. But both uh, Todd and DJ were surprised that Todd was shocked that you. So you're you're building a brand behind <laughs> my back, but then you're taking the brand from Todd and stealing people from DJ's brand <laughs> to enhance your own brand. I think that I'm trying to enhance everybody's brand. Is what I'm doing. And as far as Porch Talk being Todd's brand, uh, I don't know if this breaks kayfabe or anything, but Todd don't care. No. <laughs> and uh, I-, I dare say that, you know, Brett might be one of my my top three favorite podcasting co-hosts ever. Top three? Yeah, top three. Right. I'll take it. <laughs> but, but no, so, you know, because you would message me when I was on my way home on Sunday and I told this, I don't know if I told the story in After Dark this week, but I definitely told it to Todd. So it could have been recorded or could not have been recorded. Um, so you messaged me on Sunday and just said, are you home yet? I said, no. And you're like, okay, I have something to send you. I get an email from you that says, uh, Porch Talk Weekly Porchises. <laughs> the body of the email says, the file's too big. I have to Dropbox it to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I, I'm I am not going to be dicking around with trying to Dropbox it from my phone while I'm in the air and everything else like that. I'll check my email. I won't fuck around with Dropbox. Um, so I get home like three o'clock in the morning on Monday, and I put all the downloads through that I need to get going. And I'm like, okay, well I need to get porch talk done. When I wake up later, I'll make sure that that rolls out like midnight tonight. Okay. Yeah. And usually when you send me a porch talk that actually has content, again exposing the business here. You'll give me like a little write up of what it was about. Yeah. Nothing with this. I think when I when I didn't I intentionally left it blank because I right. wanted you to just like experience it like the rest of the listeners did. I think the episode stands on itself without a preview. Of course. So to, like and I'm like, oh I can't I gotta write something, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, something vague, something vague, something vague. But at no point did you tell me that Brett was the guest, because at least I, I I if you did, I could have like teased it in the description. But I get what you're doing, and Todd's like, oh, did Adam tell you he was doing this? And I'm like, Adam, don't tell me nothing. He just does what he does, you know? 
<laughs> I like going into business for myself. What can That's I say? That's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the reason why I sent you that email that just said there's nothing in this email is because I DM'd you right before that. And I said, I'm about to email you some audio. And then when I opened up Gmail and it would not attach, I was like, well, I'm already here. I should follow through with the email. And that's why I went to Dropbox instead. Gotcha. But uh, so now that you're again, enough about me. How was your vacation? Are you all tanned and jacked from your your time off? Well, I'm as tanned as I can be. You know what I mean? I don't wear like little bikini briefs and so forth. That's a shame. Oh, well, listen. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I wear modest shorts for a man of my sizable carriage. I don't wear tank tops. <laughs> um, you know, where, where the clothes ends and me begins, you know, there's definitely a change in the color. But I'm always so worried about getting burned. I really slather on uh, the sun, the sunscreen when I'm going to be outside for any length of time. And I was outside, like outside of like the day of the wedding and one day where I was just like, I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. I, like we were outside like all the time. Do you so, have like the, the typical Sposto cut t-shirt? You know, do you have a system for cutting the sleeves off? No, no, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't wear the twosie underneath if that's what you mean. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, if you want the full, um, if you want the full experience and story and everything from my Aruba trip and all the travel secrets, uh, go listen to After Dark this week. Let's not bore everyone with this. I'm going to make you go listen to the other show. Yeah, it's synergy. Amongst all of our shows, we just we are always teasing to go go check other stuff out. Yeah, because we got a lot of stuff to go over here today, starting with... And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents... This Day in Wrestling History. All right. So it's the end of March. It's the end of the fiscal quarter here. <laughs> um, but there's a ton of stuff that happened on this day in wrestling history. A ton. Uh, so we're going to kind of walk it like eh, back and forth. You know, we're going to do it as we do it. So this day, wrestling history, uh, 19 years ago, uh, was the episode of Monday Night Raw where Goldberg debuted in World Wrestling Entertainment. I assume just based on, like, wibbly-wobbly, that's the Raw after Mania? Yes. All right. <sighs> he was old 19 years ago. How the fuck is he still wrestling now? <laughs> uh, well, again, being a part-timer means that you get um, you get the good shit, is all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Uh, but no, I was never a Goldberg guy, and I know everyone's like, oh, as soon as they put the gold wig on him, they killed him. Um, but if you go back and watch that, you could definitely see the people that were willing to work with Goldberg and the people that weren't willing to work with Goldberg, um, to kind of, you know, accentuate his positives and hide his negatives. Uh, you know, the rock and Chris Jericho and Christian were all willing to pay, play ball. And one guy just, you know, wasn't willing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm obviously, I look back at things from, especially from, like, the Attitude Era, and I'm like, I think I was a fan of just about everything. Like, I'm like, oh, I was an, like, a DX fan. I was a Nation fan. I was an NWO fan. I don't think I was a Goldberg fan. Like, I don't think that there was a point, even, like, United States champion Goldberg, that I gave a shit. Like, even as a young, naive Mark. Yeah. So I think, like, as I got older and more jaded, I, I disliked them even more. I didn't have those rose-colored memories to look back on. Yeah, like, 
you know, being more of a WWE guy, um, I've definitely felt like it was WCW trying to be like, because the whole thing with Austin, Steve Austin getting fired from WCW was he would always say like, oh, Bischoff told me they didn't know how to market a bald headed, a guy in black trunks and black boots. Yeah. And then Austin becomes like the biggest thing in wrestling. And then Goldberg felt like WCW, like saying like, well, we're going to show you. But obviously it didn't matter what Goldberg was wearing. He was like squashing fools. Right. Yeah. And like I was limited on the Internet as he was on the come up, you know, 97, 98. So then, like, as the streak becomes a thing, there's people tracking how they keep fudging the numbers on the streak. <laughs> and then you're watching shows, and they're very audibly piping it. Like, the crowd was super hot for him regardless, but then you see them piping in the fake Goldberg chants for him. And then you mentioned the U.S. title run. He beat Raven for the U.S. title. <laughs> so and, that's, all, that's like two negatives against you, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, whatever. Goldberg did have one of the funniest matches of all time, the Saudi match with uh, The Undertaker. So that's <laughs> a real work rate match. <laughs> that's a funny, that's a hilarious, that's one of the funniest matches of all time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Goldberg, 19 years, the World Wrestling Entertainment Superstar. Yay. <laughs> all right. So, also, on this day, wrestling history in 1996 was WrestleMania 12. And, uh, this was a strange time, Adam, where WrestleMania only had six matches on the card. It's like an NXT takeover. It's WrestleMania takeover. Yeah, <laughs> but this is actually a pretty memorable, uh, you know, WrestleMania. You got the the Piper Goldust backlot brawl. Uh, you got Undertaker versus Diesel, and Diesel's like, you know, second to last high profile match. You got the Iron Man match with Sean and Brett, which is one of the more polarizing matches in wrestling history. But you also have the the uh, the second return of the Ultimate Warrior squashing Triple H. <laughs> yeah, it was like what a, a press slam, uh, a big splash, and the finish. That was the well, whole match. <laughs> no, no, the match is he, Triple H hot starts it, kicks Warrior in the gut, gives him the pedigree, which Warrior no sells. Yeah. Yeah. And then all that stuff keeps his jacket on the whole time. And you can yep. get a ring, you can get a ringside exclusive figure commemorating oh. it now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's two things in a row that we talk about that uh triple H may have ruined. <laughs> Leave the memories alone, man. Yeah. <laughs> you are supposed to, I saw on Twitter that you're not supposed to attack triple H this week. Cause he, cause he died for our sins. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was, that was better handled on pod van to him this week. <laughs> I'll just make snide, snide remarks here and there, you know? There we go. And, and you know what? I'll just a quick aside. Every time somebody from Pod Van Dam goes and quits and deletes their Twitter temporarily, my Twitter followers goes down like 20%. <laughs> so you need to knock it off. Well, as long as they're not logging into the wrong accounts, you'll be okay. All right. <laughs> uh, also on this day, Wrestling History 1997 is the Nitro and Raw head-to-heads. Uh, that we had nothing really of note on Nitro this week, of course. Uh, but on Raw, we have the only singles match between Bret Hart and The Rock. Okay. And I had my researcher, not Derek, look into it. I'm like, oh, did they have like a singles match like on a house show or something weird like that? And they looked and they saw, no. There were tag matches, multi-man matches, whatever. This Raw... This day, 1997, was the only singles match between Brett and The Rock. 
See, I have obviously no memory of this. Was this just like a one-segment throwaway with, like, Nation Rock or something like that? No. Okay, so uh, we did it a couple weeks ago. Remember, or two weeks ago when I played the the Brett Pro. Oh, no, no. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, I played the Brett Promo leading into Mania, right? Yeah. So then, week after that is when Brett comes out and cuts his promo, essentially officially cementing the heel turn. Yeah. Sean comes out and cuts his promo, which stinks. Uh, Brett beats him <laughs> up, deservedly so. And then, like, after that, Brett just stays out there, does commentary on a Rocky Maivia defending the Intercontinental title against Leaf Cassidy match. <laughs> and then for no reason, Brett runs in and attacks The Rock, causing a disqualification. That sets up this match, uh, which is Rocky Maivia, Intercontinental Champion, defending it against Brett. But then, like, Austin runs in, the LOD run in, Owen and Davey run in. And this, obviously, and it ends up being a disqualification, gets thrown out, whatever. But that match leads to the reformation of the Hart Foundation. Okay. See, I this feel like Brett cutting that promo and Owen cries and, yeah. you know, he hugs the two of them. And then he gives, you know, it was the Bret Hart look, but it's now the Eddie Kingston look while they're hugging. He just <laughs> gives that look to the camera like, gotcha, bitch, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. See, now it's all coming together. See, I feel like this is on you for being intentionally deceptive by not saying Bret Hart versus Rocky Maivia, because then the timelines would have made sense then. He's the rock, you know? <laughs> All right. And but but most importantly, Adam, I would say on this day in wrestling history, 37 years ago was the very first WrestleMania. See, it doesn't when you say I don't know why, like 37 years ago, I'm expecting you to start that conversation, be like, 37 years ago, uh you know, DX fought like the nation of domination, like because all these years are blurring together. But uh, I don't know. When you say WrestleMania one, I feel like that was at least 50 something years ago. Well, again, this year's <laughs> WrestleMania 38, 37 years ago. You know, it's <laughs> no, 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 I like I know. This... If you had put a gun to my head before we recorded and just said, tell me what WrestleMania we're on, I would have I wouldn't have gotten it within five years. Well, I only know that because, you know, I'm a little bit more closely in line with everything, doing the research for the show and so forth, right? Yeah. Uh, but, like, I had just become a fan maybe about, like, five or six months before this. Um, you know, I went to the CYC to watch this on the, the closed circuit with my uncle. Hmm. Um, and this, that was, like, that, like, if I was just, like, a kid who was a fan, like, going to see WrestleMania, like, in that atmosphere with all those people, even if it was just watching on the big screen, uh, that kind of, like, cemented my fandom. Yeah. And it's never wavered since then, you know? <laughs> You've just been a diehard WWF stan ever since. Well, okay, so I've been a diehard wrestling fan. Yeah. You know, but the last 20-some years where WWE's been, like, the only national game in town, there's been a lot of other wrestling out there. And I've always found other stuff to watch, and I'll peek back in. Like, I was watching uh, Brian Zane, one of his videos, and he did a recap of WrestleMania 25, right? Mm. And I knew most of the matches, and I had an idea of some of the stuff. But then he gets into, like, well, here's the world title feud where it was uh, Edge and Big Show and John Cena, where the reason that Big Show was in there is because Edge was or Vicky was cheating on Edge with the Big Show. 
I have no memory of that. <laughs> yeah, I, everything post WCW purchase for maybe the next 10 years is just a blur. I have no recollection of any of the ruthless aggression era. Uh, I can narrow some of it down. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I do have something we have to do it during this segment here, Adam. Okay. Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Kofi Kingston doing his thing. Roddy Piper. <laughs> on the show. Special Delivery Jones. No, no, no. Is it the big dog's yard? Let's find out. Adam. <laughs> so, Adam. Yeah. Using my brain, the most trusted source of wrestling information, <laughs> there were nine matches on WrestleMania 1. Oh, Jesus. How many of them can you get? One. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Mr. T and Hogan versus uh, uh, Piper and Orndorff. Okay. Uh, was there, uh, was there like Big John Studd versus King Kong Bundy? No. Am I close? Like someone, I got. You're uh, close. All right. Uh, I, I have no fucking clue. Okay. I know the main event because I used to be able to know, like, I'd probably say the first, like, at one point, the first, like, 12 to 15 manias, I knew the main events. And that right. was about as much knowledge as I had. Okay. So this was the action that we were taking, right? <laughs> I sent right. that tweet out the other day. A couple <laughs> people bit. And the deal was, like, can you guess how many matches Adam can get <laughs> from Mania 1? Yeah. And, uh... Two people guessed one. <laughs> so I have to PayPal two people five bucks. <laughs> Can you bring that sheet back up there? Just All right. Pull the curtain behind. I want to look at this. Who picked what? You just had it up there. <laughs> this makes great audio as I look at who. Oh, man. Some of you people gave me way too much credit. Right. <laughs> I, I said the Mendoza line was three. Oh, wow. That's a pretty like, after, generous like, I was like, oh, like. I'm like, after they made their pick. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, he might know three. That's the most. Yeah, I I, I, oh, I was tempted for a moment to pull up Wikipedia because I do have it up for this year's Mania. But oh, shame, I, shame. I didn't, I didn't because I, I didn't want to sully this, but now I am going to go ahead and pull it up here. And I'm just looking at it uh, just to see if there is something that I'm going to be like, oh, I should have known that. And... No. You're going to kick yourself. On no, the... not at all. Like, I thought of Andre the Giant, right. but I had no idea who he went against, and now I'm seeing that that was the big John Studd. Uh, Wendy Richter, I could have guessed, but I would have never guessed who the heck this Kai person is. Leilani Kai, sure. Yeah, never heard of her. Um, <laughs> Brutus Beefcake versus David Sammartino? Really? <laughs> uh, Ricky Steamboat versus Matt Bourne? Is that doink? Yes. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, no. There, Tito Santana defeats the Executioner by submission. What a hot opener. Uh, no, there's no chance in hell I would have... If you gave me an hour and told me to come back, I wouldn't have gotten a second one. Well, you missed a couple matches. You missed Greg Valentine oh, versus Junkyard no, no, no. Dog. I get you. I was just kind of picking them. Here. Okay. Uh, Sheikin Wolf versus Windham and Rotunda. <laughs> 
yeah, there's nothing. Like I said, if you said, you know, do not look at something, but just grab a pad and a paper and try to break it down and come back when you're ready. I still wouldn't have gotten a second one. Right. So uh, my initial thought was going to be was I was going to say there was X amount of active people on the show. Okay. Like X amount of people had matches. Yeah. How many could you name? Because I'm like, there's no way Adam's going to know any of these matches. Yeah. You know what I mean? I half expected you to come because of the retros box set. And <laughs> the main event was Roddy Piper and Bob Orton versus Mr. T and Mean Gene. <laughs> well, that's who was in the box set, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, if you said uh, just name competitors, I yeah. would have done much better. Because, you know, like I said, it was just the, the yeah. Hasbro era people. <laughs> yeah, you would have got SD Joe, or you would have got King Kong Bundy, you would have got Andre, you would have got Big John Studd. Not having to match them up in matches, I think, would have yeah. been... But I think that you trying to name the matches would have been, uh, that's where the money was. <laughs> well, congrats to the two people that uh, know me well. <laughs> yes. Well, they, again, I, I don't think they know you well. I just think they know your knowledge of wrestling. Well, that's knowing me well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, last week didn't happen, or two weeks ago didn't happen. Uh, so what do we got uh, from the last week of wrestling? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> All right, I'm going to just start things off, and this isn't going to take very long, but so often you make a valid point on this podcast, and all of your yes man take to Twitter, and they're all like, Sposto said it, Sposto was right, on Ad Odds, Joe, uh, you know, Joe's show, Ad Odds with Wrestling, he said this, and look at how it came true, but for weeks and weeks and weeks, Joe, you railed that we were not going to see Cody Rhodes until the night after WrestleMania, and wouldn't you know it, we have a special mystery opponent for Seth Rollins, uh, and that whole bit was introduced through the great acting of the chairman himself, uh, who looks great, by the way, looks completely natural, doesn't look CGI at all. But uh, unless there's a big swerve, a big final fuck you to the WWE fans of like having it be Shane McMahon or Veer, it looks like we're getting Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins at Mania. And don't get me wrong, I don't give a shit, and I'll probably just watch the introduction and then fast forward. But I've been saying for a while that you have to pull the trigger for wrestling. WrestleMania because the pay-per-view itself is looking pretty weak. Uh, so I am right. You were wrong. Yes, they could change it at the last minute. It could be a swerve, but I don't think it is. So I'm taking my victory lap. Uh, you know, and I, I still am holding out hope uh, that they're going to hold off on Cody until the night after Raw. Uh-huh. Um, but the fact that Becky acknowledged it in an interview today and Seth is doing this cute gimmick where he just keeps tweeting out gifts of people. <laughs> uh, that it very clearly is not going to be uh, mm -hmm. everyone from Scott Steiner to Marco Stunt. <laughs> and if Seth was not a coward, Seth is a coward, he would tweet out like every old Cody gif, like the dashing gifts and the Stardust gifts and the everything else gifts. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> if Seth wasn't a coward, but he's a coward. <laughs> and the fact that they acknowledge it in the interview, the fact that Seth is like sending out all these things except for the Cody gif makes me feel as though they're going to do it. But I think they're still going to do a misdirect that it's going to be Shane first and then Cody. Yeah, just to, to to fire our concerns of a swerve, you know? Yeah, and the, listen, I, I, I felt as though that was the plan, a plan that made sense. But, you know, it doesn't it, it certainly doesn't feel as though this match for Seth was thrown together at the last minute. <laughs> um, because the WrestleMania card doesn't look great. 
And uh, luckily, Adam, uh, I already have my review written uh, oh. for the Cody Seth match at WrestleMania this year. Oh, nice. Go ahead. Uh, it Let, says, let's hear it. It says both guys tried hard, two and a half stars. <laughs> All right. Uh, I would have figured that uh, maybe Seth would have given Cody a, a half a star and got it up to three and a half, but nah, nah. No. Uh, you got to figure is, Seth is too much of a, a WWE bootlicker, and I don't see him and Cody meshing well. You know? Yeah. I was gonna say like Cody, you know, you're coming from the Indies and New Japan and AEW, so he works that style. Oh no, no, no. He's always been WWE style. <laughs> right. But. Oh, yeah, I, I don't care, but I was actually thinking because obviously there was all that shit with Seth Rollins a couple days ago with him saying like the fact that AEW references or mentions WWE it makes them look lower rent. Like, do you think if Seth Rollins would just keep his fucking mouth shut, we would hold him in a higher regard? Like if we just took away his Twitter maybe 10 years ago, like would we have him in the same breath? as like a Kevin Owens or like a Sami Zayn, just people that we do like that are in WWE or does the Twitter just exacerbate it? You know, like obviously it makes it worse, but if he didn't have the Twitter, would we like him? So it's so strange because there's certain people that when we get to see their social media presence or their outside WWE interviews and stuff, we end up liking them more. Yeah. Whereas Seth is one of those guys where I was never a Tyler Black guy in the indies. I didn't get him. He just seemed like a bland guy mm. who did moves. And then he went to NXT and I'm like, okay, maybe they could straighten him out and fix him. And then so when he was part of the, was they that the blonde streak? That was Yeah, the sure. <laughs> then he was part of the shield and I'm like, okay, I can get into this. And then when he did the first turn on the shield and he's like, Oh, I didn't sell out. I bought in or whatever it was mm. I'm like, okay, he's not my favorite guy, but I get it. He's a WWE guy. You know what I mean? He's kind of fully acclimated to the WWE style and you could fully acclimate to the WWE style without being the most boot lickingest <laughs> guy. When you do these things. Yeah. And that's what he is. He comes across as a cornball when he does these things, because all this stuff when he talks about like, oh, AEW mentioned WWE guys is low rent or whatever it is. That's all part of that. Hey, man, I'm just in character doing that. But like he doesn't like ring a bell to let us know that he's in <laughs> character when he's doing this shit. So there's people that are like, all right, we know that he's just working. Or there's people that take him as like deadly serious. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like I've I, I look back at Seth Rollins. And like you said, you know, his time in the shield, his time, you know, being the, the the McMahon Helmsley champion, whatever, the corporate champion and even the Monday Night Messiah stuff. Like I like his heel stuff and I want to like Seth Rollins, but he makes it difficult to like him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he does. <laughs> All right. What do you got? Uh, so that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk about. And then uh, from AEW this week, the uh, Brian Danielson versus uh, Wheeler Yuta match. Yeah. Uh, maybe one of the best matches on TV in AEW history. <laughs> um, you know, I love seeing Yuta give it. Um, you know, he's, you know, if you watch any of his stuff, even from the indies or even the stuff when he did matches on AEW Dark and everything. Um, you know, he's always smooth. He's got like just a fluidness to him mm. that he makes stuff look effortless and he does a little few difficult things, but not too much difficult things. It's almost like he figured out like the five or six or seven things that he could do perfectly and just does those alongside of everything else. Mm -hmm. But 
this was a match where, you know, he's in there against arguably the best active American wrestler in the world. The best active American wrestler in the world. Again, not taking into consideration Japanese wrestlers or, you know, Lucha Libre or anything else like that, because I'm not as knowledgeable about that. But um, and he gave just as good as he got. I would say the match was almost 50-50 and the crowd was with him. And like, this is a guy that still isn't under AEW contract. This is a guy that WWE passed on last summer. And they got something in him. Yeah. And like, I think he's only like 25 or 26. So this kid's got at least another 15, 20 good years left in him. And on top of that, he's someone who, unfortunately, I think I've mentioned on the show before, he and I's time in Chikara may have passed. Like I said, he started maybe like a month after I left. Okay. So we didn't really get to know each other, have any real interactions or anything else like that. Um, but he's one of those guys that you can't find anyone who says a bad word about him. Yeah. And he's a guy who constantly gives back. You know, he he did all the stuff for Beyond. Uh, I know when he's in the Northeast area, he goes and does stuff at CB's uh, dojo and trains with the kids there. Um, yeah, he's just one of those guys that's well-liked, is awesome at what he does, has youth on his side, has something to prove, and that match was awesome. Yeah, uh, not in my points, but the match was phenomenal. I am actually, I don't want to say I'm surprised that Danielson won because like, of course he won, but I would not have been surprised if Yuta snuck one out, you know, like just kind of got a, a quick fluke roll up or something to that effect where it was just like, oh, I got you this time. So maybe that's where this is going. But the fact that like you can do this match again and again over the next coming weeks, if you want to, with it eventually being Yuta winning, there's so many different directions you can go in it. So uh, I love this match. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say is, oh, yeah, I did not know that Yuta was not signed yet. Uh, Tony Khan needs to get on this. Maybe uh, focus less on uh, signing the Hardys and more on locking in Yuta for, for like the next 10 years, you know, or at least the next couple of years. Right. And I, I don't know what his deal is, Yuta. You know, for all yeah. we know is uh, he could have been offered a contract and said no for some reason. Sure. But they're still using him in a high-profile position. Um, and he's on the Ring of Honor um, show tomorrow, and he's wrestling the Ring of Honor pure champion, a guy who has wrestled and lost multiple times on AEW Dark. So I wouldn't be surprised to see you to win the ROH pure title tomorrow, which is goddamn crazy. Yeah. Take all that uh, Marco stunt money and give it to Wheeler Yuta. Oh, boy. <laughs> I do have one other quick thing and it literally is in my notes and it just says Tony Storm question mark and uh, I don't mean that as a negative thing but like just I wanted to write down Tony Storm I wanted to talk about her um I I love the the initial pop that unused WWE or NXT people get when they show up in AEW. Uh, my only concern is that it becomes another Ruby Soho thing where it's like all right cool we'll just uh, get your quick initial pop, get a couple appearances, and then we'll just, you know, I don't want to say bury, but we'll hide you for a little while until we're ready to use you. Uh, so I do have concerns for that. But uh, yeah, shout out, you know, Tony Storm looked like a million bucks and uh, good on her for, for making that appearance. 
Uh, yeah, this was like one of the more worst kept secrets in all of wrestling uh, over the last two weeks mm-hmm. uh, that she was going to be making her debut, um, putting her into the women's side of the Owen tournament is going to be a way to kind of get some of those. I don't want to say dream matches, but some of those matches that she can have out of her way, out of their way. I wouldn't be surprised if she wins the tournament. Uh, especially with the way Excalibur was putting her over with all the stuff that she won when she was over in stardom. And again, I'm not knowledgeable when it comes to stardom. I'm just going by what was said there and the little bit that I looked up. Um, but Tony Storm is another one like Wheeler Yuta. Like she ended up in the WWE system. She's super young. And I can't understand how you don't look at her just on paper mm-hmm. and say that's a star. And then figure out the rest after that. But you don't have to because she's actually, and again, there was a whole debate on whether or not she's good or not in the ring. There's a lot more people that have gotten a lot further in wrestling with being a lot less good in the ring than she is. Yeah. (laughs) And again, whether it's her opponents, whether she hides it well or whatever it is, I think Tony Storm's going to be a megastar. You know, like it's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be next year. It might be five years from now. Um, because she's still young. She's still got the entire world ahead of her. Um, and if you go and look at what WWE did with her when they had her up on the main roster, because WWE tells us that NXT doesn't count anymore. Um, they wasted her. Yeah. You know, she was the 80s wild child. She was, you know, um, to Z- them, Ziggler's, like, girlfriend or something yeah, like that. Yeah, <laughs> to them at, a, to, at WWE, she was not aesthetically pleasing to what they thought a diva should look like. And that's, unfortunately, still the mindset that they have. You know, you could take all the women's revolution stuff, but unless you're, like, some sort of freak athlete or you immediately connect in a way, and even if you immediately connect in a way, they're still going to beat you down at this point, you know? And they called her up during the pandemic era, which didn't help. And I think crowds were just coming back when she came up on the main roster. But it's a moot point. You know what I mean? She she said, fuck it, I'm leaving. And she left. Yeah, and they and it, is, it somehow worked. <laughs> you know? Right. Such a crapshoot when it works and when it doesn't. <laughs> Ugh. All right. Well, that's all I have for discussion. And then you're good, too. Right. So yeah, that's uh, really all I got. All right, Joe. Well, we we teased it a couple times, and uh, did you know that there's a pay-per-view this weekend? It's Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Kofi Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the big dog's yard? Let's find out. Does Joe know? So before I get into all this, I, I not only am I popping for, you know, as I always do for DeWiki's jingle here, but I was just remembering the one at the beginning of the show. <laughs> I'm not popping again for that. So uh, kudos to Wiki. But anyways, according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling information, uh, the WWE, the World Wrestling Entertainment, has a little pay-per-view this weekend called WrestleMania 38, Joe. It's the most stupendous of all WrestleManias. And uh, there's a, a lot of matches, Joe. Do you know the card? Okay. I don't know for sure if I could say this one's on Friday or this one's on Saturday. 
Okay. Uh, because well, it, it it definitely seems like it's going back and forth, right? All right. Well, I'll tell you that between according to Wikipedia, there are 14 announced matches, and it does have them divided seven and seven, if that helps at all. Okay. Uh, I think I could get most of them, right? All right. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just write them down. Um, yeah. Because I have my I have my notes app here. <laughs> Pen and paper because I'm an old, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we got uh, Roman versus Brock. Yeah. Come on, pen work, damn it. <laughs> Roman Brock. Are they counting the Steve Austin uh, Kevin Owens thing as a match? Hmm. I'm looking it over right now. They are not. So technically, so, there's 15 matches, technically. Well, yeah. I mean, that's like counting whatever the backstage segment is as a match, but right. Uh, but, we got, uh, we got Seth versus Cody or whoever. Yeah. TBA against vacant. Okay. <laughs> um, we have edge against AJ styles. Yep. It's just hard. Cause I'm looking through a giant list here. So that's three. We have Rhonda versus Charlotte. Yep, that's four. Uh, okay, you because you're not counting Austin and Owens. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going by what Wikipedia has. You got Becky versus Bianca Belair. That's five. Now, there's a triple threat for the women's tag titles. Uh, that it's uh, the champions, which is Carmella and Zelina Vega. Mm-hmm. Against Naomi and Sasha Banks. Yeah. Against Rhea Ripley and... I can't think who Rhea Ripley's partner is. Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan, okay. And there's another team in that. Oh, there's a fourth team in that? It's a fatal four-way. Is it Tamina and uh, Natalia? Uh, you got Natalia right. You have uh, the Queen of Hearts. You need a different queen, though. I have no idea who it could be. The Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler. Oh, Shayna Baszler, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> uh, okay. And just uh, anybody wants to do any additional research, Wikipedia has a really good picture of Queen Zelina as her default photo. But moving on. So that's six. Uh, is the is the Raw tag title straight up Alpha Academy versus Orton and Matt Riddle? It is not. How many other teams are in it? One more. Uh, Street Profits. All right. That is seven. Okay. Uh, and then I know the SmackDown tag titles is the Usos versus Nakamura and Rick Boogs. That is eight. Okay. <laughs> I have six more, huh? Yep. I'm trying to go through the... Okay, so I know they added a bunch recently. Like, they pulled people out of the... SmackDown Friday WrestleMania thing, the ba the Andre Battle Royal to make matches. Okay, we have um, Finn Balor versus uh, uh, Damian Priest. Incorrect. It is not currently listed on Wikipedia. And really? It is. I've not. seen a graphic for it. Well, the graphic's not on Wikipedia. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um. So, do they have New Day versus Ridge Holland and Sheamus? They do. Okay, that they do. Yep. 
Um, okay. Uh, so, okay, now we have the celebrity shit. We have <laughs> Miz and uh, the Paul brother against Ray and Dominic. Uh, Logan Paul. Yep, so that's 10. Right. We have Sam Zayn versus John Knoxville. Anything goes match. Yep. Right. Is there another celebrity on the show? If you can call him that. Oh, uh, <laughs> Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Yep. You're at 12. I think that's it. I'm done. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, you are missing. Uh, a former, a recent former uh, WrestleMania main eventer, Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Oh, you know what? Oh, and I just, uh, um, Bob Lashley versus Omos. That is a match. Bob Lashley versus Omos. Right. And I think that I'm looking it over right now. That's all 14. Because you had yeah, 12. Yeah, I, I swear I saw a, a match graphic where they add it because uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor were in the Andre Battle Royal. And then they were taken out of the Andre Battle Royal. Uh, well, I hate to say it, but they probably are throwing them on like a pre-show somewhere because nothing is listed as, you know, on the on the free-for-all for either one of these. So that could be it. Gotcha. Plus, you, you got to put Rick O'Shea in there somewhere, have him be on the other one as the, the pre-show. Uh-huh. <laughs> all those title matches. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. I look at this pay-per-view as a whole, obviously, because... It does have it divided, and it says that night one is going to be headlined by Charlotte versus Ronda. But I did see on Twitter they're saying that maybe Austin uh, Austin and KO will be the quote-unquote main event of night one. But, like, there's really only one thing on this entire thing that I'm, like, I, I'm looking forward to, and that's Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. The rest of the stuff, like, maybe for car crash quality, I want to see the celebrity shit just so I can shit on it the next day. But what are you looking forward to, if anything, from this pay-per-view? Okay, so I'm looking forward to a lot more uh, than one would expect for such a lackluster WrestleMania card, right? Okay. So uh, I'm looking forward to, and so the the I'm looking forward to Roman versus Brock. Okay. Yeah. I have a feeling that match should be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to Becky and Bianca. I like the build that they've been having. I'm a Becky fan. I'm a Bianca fan. Um, you know, I like the the heat angle on TV this week with Bianca cutting Becky's hair, which I think is where they were going with uh, with um, Bailey and Bianca over the summer before Bailey got hurt. Mm. Where they were going to do like hair versus hair at some point. I think we're going to get that at Backlash. I think WWE loves starting and stopping hair versus hair because wasn't there uh, Mandy Rose versus uh, uh, her partner? <laughs> I can't remember. Sonya Deville. Where they? Well, there was a reason hair? they fucking well, scrapped yeah, that. <laughs> there's a valid reason why why that didn't happen. But yeah, uh, I feel like there's more uh, rumored hair versus hair matches than there ever actually is. Right. Uh, I think Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn is going to be fun. That's going to be the match that I think gets the most buzz coming out of WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. uh mainstream buzz whatever buzz because i think that's kind of um sammy being left to his own devices to do whatever he wants and i think we're gonna get to see that yeah uh i'm interested to see the austin kevin owens stuff i'm very happy that it ended up being kevin owens as opposed to like goldberg in the spot against stone cold 
Yeah, it's not against. It's just in the ring with. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, again, kudos to Kevin Owens, but I give two shits about that. Yeah. If that ends the show, I, I, I might be like, all right, I'm going to bed. You know, before it even starts. Well, and now so so that's the thing. If that end if that ends night one, I'm staying up to watch it. If if Rhonda and Charlotte ends the show. I'm going to bed early because that's going to be one of the most gift matches of all time because Ronda sucks and Charlotte isn't working with her. (laughs) Like Charlotte's not working to help make Ronda look better. So that's going to be one of the ugliest matches in wrestling history. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested in the car crash nature of that one. And I'm interested to see what Cody's entrance looks like. I'm not a Cody (laughs) guy, but I'm just going to be, I'm interested to see what, this Cody's world wrestling entertainment presentation is going to be. I, I, and I'm basing this on nothing other than just, uh, I don't want to say wishful thinking because I don't care enough to wish, but like, I'm trying to like book it in my head, like have him come out to his same song, his same, like rising thing through the middle of the stage, you know, hell have him bring out the dog again, (laughs) you know, like leave that poor dog home. I'm saying copy everything from AEW that you can, because let's be honest, there's not much uh, that WWE does well with creating stuff or recreating. Uh, Let's just copy it. And I don't want to say copy an A, but I mean, if you copy a C plus, you can get a C plus. (laughs) Um, I I know that WWE likes to put their own spin on these. Like they want to like make sure that whatever their idea is, is their idea. Yeah. Um, but I could see Cody fighting for like, I'm really going to fight for this. I'm really going to fight for that. You know? Yeah. I can see him continuing to use his theme song and the stupid uh, logo that's on his neck. Well, he's got no choice with that. (laughs) Yeah. But I just mean like continuing to use it in like his gear and his Tron video and all that. Uh, I was going to say his theme music is the same people that did like Broski's theme, but also, you know, the Miz and Ziggler. So it's, it's people that, you know, not exactly don't have a working relationship with WWE, you know? Right. Uh, so uh, Joe Gagne hosts five-star match game that I've been a guest on. Uh, I was looked over for an upcoming episode, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, he tweeted out, uh, I hope Seth beats Cody at WrestleMania with a pedigree. Triple H drives out on the DX Jeep slash tank and wipes away a tear. Cody retires immediately and goes on to host the USA Network revival of one versus a (laughs) hundred. And I'd be okay with all of that. Yeah. Um, Lesnar versus Reigns. Roman's got to win this, right? See, I would have said, like, when this was announced or rumored months ago, I was like, well, clearly Roman's got to win this because you're going to have Roman be the champ for, like, 10 years and that's fine. But like ponytail cowboy yuck, yuck Roman, or I'm sorry, Brock is, is kind of entertaining. So I can see them maybe having Brock win, but I hope it's Roman. I don't know. So this one's tough to call because Roman has been doing the talk show circuit to promote the show and everything. Mm. And he's been kind of leading it to believe that, um, He's he like this chapter for him is done. And he's moving on to something else where he's taking time off. But all of it depends on what you've got on Brock. And I feel like Brock has been on TV like every week since the Royal Rumble. And if they got Brock on 
TV every week do they need Roman? Mm. Uh, but this is one of those matches where it's like literally a toss-up. It could go either way, and I- I'd be okay with it either way. I think I'd be fine with it either way. I- I'm kind of pulling for Roman, but just because my concern is that if Brock wins the world title, now you have both of the belts on him, and then what happens if he's just all of his dates are used up and you just don't have the world title on either of your shows for a couple months, you know, right. Not that I watch WWE enough to care, but I could at least say that that's not a good idea, but I don't know. I, like I said, nothing really else. I'm looking up and down this card and man, edge versus AJ styles. I, I can't imagine the fact that that doesn't appeal to me at all. And I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This is a pretty, pretty lackluster mania. Um, there's a lot of matches on it, but there's just like <sighs> WWE's product just hasn't been interesting or stimulating or anything. Yeah. Hmm. But again, they, everything is built into WrestleMania and everything really is actually building to the Saudi shows because they make a lot more money off of those. Uh, but it's WrestleMania, man. Like, I watch WrestleMania, even, you know, when I miss other stuff. I watch WrestleMania. It's it's WrestleMania. Yeah, and you know what you could say, and I, I agree with you, it's like Mania is Mania, and it stands on its own, and it's worth checking out even if, you know, you're not enjoying the product. But I felt the same way about the Royal Rumble, and we went into this year's Royal Rumble, or we came out of it with, like, the worst Rumble ever, or maybe the worst Rumble ever. So... Uh, there's a chance that you could have the worst WrestleMania ever in just a few short days. Yeah, there's a there's a very good chance. Yeah. Uh, but you know what wasn't the worst, Joe? What wasn't the worst? The homework that I gave you this past week. Homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home, home, homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. So that's right. Adam had assigned uh, the AIW event from this past Saturday. Uh, The doctor is in. Uh, it was not live streaming, but it was up on the service rather quickly because uh, Jerry left his house and actually went out there to oversee the uh, filming of the show. Hmm. Uh, if you did not get a chance to watch the show, uh, you can go ma- make sure to check it out again when you get a chance because AIW has been putting on a lot of good stuff lately. Uh, but if you just want to kind of follow along, you can head over to MassLibrary.com, our friend Kevin does write-ups to go along with all the homework that we always do here whenever we do homework, right? Yeah. Uh, so starting the show off, uh, we had Derek, director, taking on Riley Rose. Derek accompanied the ring by Ziggy Haim. Ziggy Haim, this match was a great showcase for Derek. Uh, Riley is coming back from that foot-ankle injury that he suffered back in September. He's looked good in a lot of other matches. Uh, that he had, especially that one with Chase Oliver a couple months ago. Um, there's just something, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later on, but um, Riley Rose needs a makeover. Okay. He needs something. He needs different gear, a different entrance jacket, a different something. 
Okay. Why? Any particular reason why, or just? We'll get into it a little bit later on. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, Derek looked great in this. Um, Derek has gotten a chance to showcase himself a lot in a higher position in uh, IWC, the Pittsburgh promotion. Again, Pittsburgh, Ohio, relatively close to each other. Um, Derek just looked great, man. You could tell that he went to a Chris Hero seminar because he was doing all sorts of cravati-based offense. <laughs> um, and he finished the match with a top rope full Nelson, like powerbomb thing that looked hella cool. Yeah. I thought it was a fun opener. You know, like a, a lot of the early matches, I'd say probably the first three were all very similar in like them being hard hitting. You know, yeah. like there wasn't anything to, you know, we'll get into it when we get into it, but uh, it, it felt they all followed the same pattern, you know, so there wasn't one of them that was like, oh, this should have been the opener versus this one because they were all just kind of people beating each other up for the first couple of matches. Okay. Um, so this match went about seven minutes. Mm. Uh, next up, we have Jocelyn Navarro taking on Katie Arquette, who's done a show or two at AIW. Uh, bigger test here against Jocelyn. Uh, there's one part early in the match where Jocelyn gives Katie this drop kick uh, while Katie's out in the apron. It looked like she killed her. It was awesome. <laughs> um, Jocelyn also had a bit where she was kind of coming back in the match and she did like, I say the spanky evade, but you know, when the person's in the corner, they kind of just like pull themselves through the middle rope to the outside. Yep. Uh, she did that into a roll up into a DDT and it looked real cool, looked real fluid. Um, I know she's done it before, but this time it was like pitch perfect. It was beautiful. Um, there was a part when Katie was kind of like controlling the match she kind of had like a lazy chin lock on her that there was a lot of daylight on. <laughs> uh, this match went 10 minutes. I felt as though they had enough material for six to seven, but it said 10 on the sheet. So they went 10. <laughs> uh, I watched this match. It was fine. Um, Jocelyn Navarro is a star, as you said. Uh, I kind of miss seeing Jocelyn in there with the guys just because Jocelyn would be able to lay into him more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it just looked better. Uh, so like you said, there's a lot of daylight in this match in certain spots, I think, from both of them. But uh, uh, it was fine. And I wouldn't mind seeing Jocelyn in there with, like, Team with PB Smooth again. You know, I get that they're going in a different direction. We'll find out more about that throughout the night. But, uh, yeah, maybe in the future, you know, if you don't get as many women coming in. For sure. Uh, so next up, we had Jackson Stone taking on Dom Garini. Uh, I would say this is like my second favorite match of the night. Uh, two big boys just beating the shit out of each other. I love Dom. This is Dom's hometown. His folks were there. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen Jackson Stone before. I I did. He didn't have the same impression on me then as he did here. Uh, he looked cool as hell. He had awesome strikes, awesome lariats. Uh, some of my favorite wrestling is in the sports entertainment professional wrestling aspect way of things where it's just like two big dudes just clattering the shit out of each other and that's what this match was yeah <laughs> um but the little things uh that i like um dom did a bit where he kind of got like maybe like rolled floated through on a suplex and he was behind jackson stone and he did a bit where he put his feet in between jackson stone's feet and kind of kicked them out so Jackson Stone like fell on his butt. 
Yeah. And got him right into the choke. That was really cool. Uh, I like that. Like simple things like that, that you can just in, in, uh, incorporate into your wrestling. Uh, I think work really well. Um, like I said, uh, so Dom, you know, he, he had to end his career for a while. And it was the Suzuki match that he had in time bomb pro back in October. Uh, that was him getting back into wrestling and he'll be the first one to tell you that he's been kind of taking it safe. Um, and obviously when you had the neurological issues that he had, what he was diagnosed with, and then you get the clean bill of health that you can come back, you're still going to take, be a little trepidatious, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, this is Dom's first match back that I think it's like the old Dom is back. Um, he didn't, he like, he had a spring in his step. There wasn't the trepidation that I saw in those first couple matches. Um, I think being in front of that hometown crowd, whatever, I definitely think helped quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I also had never seen Jackson Stone before. Uh, they said on commentary that he had made his AIW debut, I guess, pre-pandemic during one of the new talent showcases. But, okay. you know, that was like a hundred years ago, you know, it feels like pre-pandemic was. Uh, and like Kevin Hellion said in his write-up that, you know, he had... I guess a cool like Wakanda gimmick, you know, like he, he did like a tribal African thing, but it didn't seem, I, I don't want to sound weird here, but it didn't sound like patronizing or to- like a token type deal, like a WWE sports entertainment type deal. You know, it wasn't uh, uh, done classlessly, you know, so I, I liked the presentation. So when this guy came out, I was like, holy shit, he looks like he's going to murder whoever he goes against. Uh, but it was Dom, so. Uh, it wasn't an easy match, but I, I liked how the finish Dom did a, a pile driver murder on Jackson. <laughs> like it just seemed like it was safe, but it just seemed like the stiffest pile driver on the planet. And then he proceeded, Dom proceeded to uh, choke out a corpse after that. So uh, I will say not the most impressive choke I've ever seen. I mean, Dom's uh, choke's not looking great these days, but uh, other than oh, that, boy. great match, great match. See, so you say these things, right? Uh-huh. I'm just I'm just analyzing what I see. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh so next up, uh we have Chase Oliver versus the returning to singles competition Josh Prohibition, right? Yeah. Uh Josh looked great, Chase looked great. Um I understand the logic of this match since uh Josh is going to be the one challenging Broski at the next show for the title. So he needed a win here. Chase has been on a roll where he hasn't been pinned and he's been undefeated in singles matches. Um, I think we could have put somebody else in this spot for Josh to beat. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Because, you know, Chase Oliver has been impressive in the last couple matches that I've seen him in. And obviously when it's like, yay, it's Josh Prohibition, he comes out as his opponent. And so I was a little underwhelmed. Uh, There was a point where Chase Oliver does a tope suicida into the guardrail that was ridiculous like it was full force and almost killed prohibition and a couple people in the front row but i agree with you it it, i get what they're doing with it they want us to think the prohibition's still a thing uh but shouldn't have been at the expense of chase oliver uh so what i was getting to before about riley rose okay yeah riley rose looks too much like josh prohibition they're both bald-headed guys they both wear like almost the exact same look on their tights. Um, so, you know, I'm not one of these guys like Vince, like, oh, I'm going to get confused. You know, <laughs> we can't have two people named Shane on the roster. Right. 
Yeah. But <laughs> Riley, if, grow a mustache. Right. <laughs> get a different ring jacket. Change your gear up just a little bit just so that you don't look exactly like the other bald-headed guy on the show. Like, not to say that there's uh, not other bald-headed guys in the show. There's other bald-headed guys in the show. The other tall, pasty, bald-headed <laughs> guy. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to the one that's in the tag team match is like Jack to the gills, the, the old-timey guy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because <laughs> his gimmick is he's bald and super muscular. <laughs> Uh, but like I said, this I thought this match was really good. Um, next up we have, and again, I'm not playing fucking, you know, what is it? Magic man. Matt, <laughs> cool hand Ange. Yeah, it's, it's fucking 2.0. It's Matt Lee and Jeff Parker taking on Cheech and Colin to infinity and beyond. Uh, they do a bit with the Jericho music at the beginning uh, that Pat tells a funny story about uh, on Pod Van Dam since he's the music man at AIW. Um, a lot of people really liked this match. Okay. I didn't like this. What? Match. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, Explain it, yourself. Um, I like all these guys involved in this match. I would even call some of these people like close personal friends. Not anymore. <laughs> um, this match just seemed to be missing something. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I try to take the critical eye out of it, and I just feel like every match preceding this was like either a hard-hitting brawl or, in the case of Oliver versus Prohibition, more of a technical showcase. And this was just a fun indie tag match you know like was it a match of the year candidate was it five stars no not at all but like you came out of it just enjoying what you had seen and i think that's all i look for in a tag match you know i'm not gonna dissect it but like if i look at this show as a whole uh honestly this is probably one of my three favorite matches you know and i i won't expose what my other two are but uh, uh i i was in one of them but uh <laughs> But no, I enjoyed it. So I guess uh, I guess they can you can forward whatever Christmas cards you get from anybody over to me. <laughs> um. So next up, we have PB Smooth versus Matt Justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me look at my notes here. Uh, so this is like this is like two of the bigger guys in AIW. They've been in scramble matches and four-way matches and whatever, but I think it's their first singles match they said on commentary. Um, this match was good. Not great. Um, this is the first match of the night to do doors. Um, the finish comes with a little miscommunication uh, where Fonzie gets bumped off the apron. Of course, he needs to get taken out of the equation. And then uh, the guy who was doing commentary with uh, Matt Wadsworth, Nathan Zagura, I guess he's like, a Cleveland sports guy or something. Yeah, like a Browns radio guy or some shit. Sure, sure. I just found it funny that he knew the names of all of PB Smooth's finishing moves. <laughs> um, I don't know why. It's like when a person from the quote unquote real world, and I know he's a wrestling fan, but when they know the names of like, it's like, oh, he just hit it with the penthouse blue and he rolled it into the players club. And I'm like, you're a real person. You shouldn't know this stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, stop like, trying to make us look bad. Get out yeah, of here. Yeah, you're a little above this, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought this match was good. Um, it'll be interesting to see. 
if they end up doing somewhere down the road like PB like PB Smooth is on a winning streak and this one's on a winning streak and that one's on a winning streak, it'll be interesting to see if they do PB Smooth versus Broski. <laughs> um, Justice doing the coast to coast flipping like dropkick thingy was pretty impressive and looked kind of painful, you know, uh, with uh, PB moving out of the way. And as somebody who wasn't around AIW when PB was at the top. Like uh, it was a surprising win for me, like to to see that because I, I would not expect Justice to lose because again everything I've seen of PB Smooth was presented as a tag guy, you know. So it was an interesting decision, and I guess this goes into what I was saying before uh, about how like oh I miss Jocelyn being you know in there with the guys and teaming up with PB Smooth. Uh, it makes sense that they're not doing that because you're you're starting to push him as a solo guy again, right. All right, uh, on to the main event, Joe. No, it's not the main event, but there's a four-corner match for the tag team titles. We have bulking season. We have the main event. Uh, we have the Bitcoin boys, and we have PME, who are the champions, right? Yeah. Um, so already points off for PME because they didn't bring the belts out with them. <laughs> What's up with that? I don't know. I didn't get a chance to listen to the AIW podcast this week, and that reminds me to ask Thorne what the fuck was up with that. Yeah. Um, and I, oh, you know what? Um, side note, I'm going to float this here. I'm going to message Thorne about it when we're done. Um, so, uh, one of the only times that the clusterfuck at the Joey Janela spring breaks was good when an ossified drunk John Thorne was on commentary. (laughs) And that was the only time that they let him do commentary because it was good and they don't want that on their shows. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and a couple people were tweeting today. It's like, oh, John Thorne's not doing commentary for the clusterfuck, so they're not getting my money. Um, tomorrow is the first of the month. You know, this is when, like, everyone gets hit for their, their Patreon charges. Uh-huh. One of the Patreon benefits of AIW is they have, like, a Discord and stuff. Yep. Uh, I'm going to tell Thorne what he needs to do is say that he is going to do a live drunken commentary in the Discord alongside the clusterfuck like you bought it on fight or whatever yeah like alternate commentary yeah but it's alternate live commentary terry john thorne is going to be in the discord with the mic on drunk <laughs> doing the co- and the only way that you could hear it is to sign up for the patreon and it's not going to be like released as a podcast or anything else like that it's not going to be kept for posterity it's going to be one and done yeah. Well, that needs to be its own tier. I think that's right. the rub is that you can't just be like, oh, just sign up. I don't know what the regular Patreon tiers are for AIW, but uh, whatever it is, double it. And then that's the tier for yeah. the month, you know? So I'm saying it here. So if I forget to message Thorne about it, somebody could remind me to message Thorne about it. Yeah. And let him know I need to be in the shout outs uh, in the next episode. Okay. <laughs> that's also another thing, just in case. Uh, so this match was good. Uh, I thought all the teams looked good, working well together, but this still just feels as though more of PME barely escaping with the belts that they didn't even bring to the ring with them. (laughs) Um, I think this could have, and them stealing the pin off of the really cool finisher that bulking season won. Yeah, another stolen victory. Right. Um. I, I like all the teams in AIW and there's other teams that weren't even in this, like members only nine to five. Um, you know, we mentioned with the Dom match at the end of it, Brian Carson and Casey Carrington came out and then kind of like bitched out. Um, AIW has like a great tag team division 
and really any of these teams are have been built up in a way that any of them are viable contenders to take the belts off PME. And I understand you got to build the heat with it and everything else like that, and you want to protect some guys and everything. But I think this match could have worked if it was like elimination style and did a thing to help PME kind of look stronger by like cheating and like eliminating all three teams. Yeah. Or you make like if you want to just continue to elevate uh bulking season, like have them get some of the pins of eliminating, you know, Bitcoin boys or the main event and then have them get screwed by PMA. And then you're like, okay, you still have that impressive showing from bulking season, but they still get fucked at the end. You know, um, I agree with you. Like I get where they're going with the PME stuff and then just keep chicken shit wins and everything like that. And yes, the longer you do this, the more, the, the bigger the pop is going to be when they eventually lose it to bulking season. Uh, but you can only do it so long before it gets old, you know? And like, are we getting to that point where like, all right, you're doing this over and over again. Uh, they need to do something to, to mix it up a little bit, you know, how, even if it's, have non-title matches and have PME lose. I don't know. You got to do something to, to make it fresh. Um, yeah, I like your idea too. Like built, like building up bulking season as the ones who eliminated like the other two teams and then have PME kind of steal the victory off them, you know? Yeah. But just having it be single elimination and have PME just win at the end, you know, nobody really looks stronger. Yeah. Uh, so next up we had my favorite match on the show, uh, <laughs> which was Isaiah Bronner taking on Kaplan. Remember before what I said about the match with Jackson Stone and Dom, where it's just two big dudes clatter the fuck out of each other. Uh huh. My favorite thing about Kaplan is that he wrestles like wrestling is real, <laughs> but he's not like a shoot fighter. He's like a drunken brawler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can see that. And like, you could see toward the end. Like they're doing like the strike exchange back and forth, and you can see a couple of the shots that uh, Kaplan was hitting Bronner with light him up, and you see like Bronner like stop selling and be like fuck you and like whack him, you know? Yeah. And then Kaplan's just like oh well, fuck you, and then like it started getting real a little bit. It came down a little bit. Um, Bronner wins. Uh, this was a deal where like Bronner was another guy that was kind of undefeated for a while. Kaplan was undefeated. Uh, Kaplan pinned Bronner at the last Odeon show in that multi-man match. Uh, this is Bronner technically getting his win back. I don't think Kaplan loses anything by losing to Bronner, especially since they're putting Bronner against Minoru Suzuki at the next show. Yeah. Uh, very awkward dead man's curve done by Kaplan on Bronner. Right. Uh, thank God, uh, he landed just good enough to, to avoid disaster there, but, uh, yeah, I, I just big meaty men, like like you said, you know, just kind of like the Dom match, just kicking the shit out of each other. It was fine. I think there was a lot of, uh, as you said, because it was so snug and kind of got shooty at times, uh, there was a, a lot of, uh, I don't want to say botches, but like sloppiness mixed in with the fighting. But I won't say that to their faces. And if you if you say I did, I'll deny it. <laughs> no, you know, I, I like it when... Um... Wrestling looks a little not clean and crisp, you know, yeah. it kind of gives it the illusion of a fight, you know? Yeah. And shout out to Kaplan for the toothpick throw as he was coming out for his entrance. Yeah. And then we have the main event, uh, which was the major boys, uh, the toy boys 
Brian Myers and Broski taking on the Rip City Shooters, uh, Wes Barkley and Joshua Bishop. Uh, this match was just kind of like an old school, maybe like, you know, Attitude Era-esque ECW crowd brawl, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I know on the podcast this week, Brian and Broski kind of throw a little shade on the boys, saying that they were uh, maybe some stiff, a little stiff during this match. Both of them were stiffy McGee. Uh, <laughs> but you go watch some of those chair shots they were waffling Josh with. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if those were receipts. Or everybody's just working snug. I know Brian has said many a times that Broski's the stiffest worker that he knows. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I want, want to just say? You know, when uh, Hawkins and Broski became, uh, when they were released from the WWE, they talked about how uh, they did not want to team with each other. They were going off on a solo run, and it was, they were only going to reunite for, like, the big, big, big matches. And not that the Rip City Shooters aren't a big match, which they are, but, you know, obviously they've been teaming in GCW, so that can't be that big. Uh, but it's almost like uh, Hawkins and Broski say one thing and do another thing. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe maybe their word isn't really uh, you know something you can hold them to. Uh, but that's just a, you know an aside. Um, and I have in the past criticized Josh Bishop for cutting his hair. Uh, I will say Wes Barkley looks fantastic with short hair. Oh, I think both guys look good with the short hair. Yeah, I just think it works better for Barkley. It's a, it's a step up in his case. Mm-hmm. But uh, I agree. but oh, oh sorry. I was going to say it was a fine match. I like the brawling, you know, in the crowd a lot better than the, you know, the isolate Barkley part. And uh, uh, so I think all of the cutting the the heels, cutting that ring in half stuff that was the first half of the match I could have done without. But I like the match overall. No, I'm OK with that. Like, I'm OK to build to something like that. Um, you know, the, 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 the heels essentially being like cowardly and, you know, doing that sort of stuff and then it breaking down or whatever. Um, Josh, uh, the Rip City Shooters win after Josh pins Brian for the second time. Um, I might have let Wes get the pin or maybe have Josh pin Broski just to show that he could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since it's not Josh next in line for the title shot. It's Josh or Josh Bishop in line. It's Josh Prohibition in line for the title shot at the Odeon show next month. Um, you know, and again, I know you're towing the Broski line. Uh, but I think it's going to be a very interesting match. I think you're going to get a lot more um, miles out of it. It's going to be a very different Broski match than you've ever seen before. Will we see a drop toe hold? Uh, he's, Broski's not a drop toe hold guy, so probably not. <laughs> uh, all right. But uh, yeah, I mean, PME obviously comes out you know, for the attack and prohibition comes out and cuts another riveting promo about how, you know, if you're from Cleveland, you know, work ethic and, you know, and and when I woke up, the show was over. I I did like, I did like the bit where, um, Josh, uh, Josh prohibition called Broski like a college jock or something. Yeah. He's like, I "I never went to college. (laughs) That was a good, that was a good, uh, quick goat thinking there by Broski, you know? Yeah, he was a college frat boy, is what he said. <laughs> That's what it was. Um, uh, yeah, you, you, you could be a college frat boy without being in college. You just, you know, that you're that age or older and you go to the parties, you know? Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, fun show. I enjoyed it. Yep. I, uh, uh, looking forward to the show next month. Uh, they got Minoru Suzuki coming in. They're building some stuff up there. Is um, the next show at the Odeon? Yes. Okay. 
I think it's the 24th of April, if I'm not mistaken. Gotcha. Uh, if I'm looking at a calendar with my Gazintas, uh, I think it's the 22nd. My apologies, 22nd of April. All right, I need there to be another Toy Hio. I think that's the next. And Toy Hio paired with an Odeon show. That's that's what's going to get me out there. Did they announce the date for the next Toy Hio? Was it June, maybe? Did I see that correctly? Uh, it's possible. I, I think I saw something, but I didn't make note of it. So okay. we'll have to see if it lines up with an AI dub show. Gotcha. All right. All right. So well, no homework this. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say the same thing you were that yep. obviously there's no show homework this weekend. You are uh, unfortunately being subjected to two uh, nights of WrestleMania plus a bunch of other great stuff on uh, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Well, I'll say this. There's not a ton of the stuff that's on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium because Jerry's, you know, let everybody else have the weekend. Oh. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff that's running, whether it be the Ring of Honor stuff, whether it be Don- uh, Rampage on Friday night. WrestleMania. It's just because there's so much other wrestling. That's take your pick. Watch whatever the hell you want this week, and we're not going to assign you anything. And I think starting next week, we're going to get back into what would be, I think, 2013 Chikara stuff. Oh, geez, it's been so long. I forgot what's going on. Yeah. No, right. we'll 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 get you some previously on videos to watch beforehand. Okay, perfect. All right, let's head to the voicemail. Hello, Edon. It's I again, strongest man on the land, Arthur MacArthur. Grace me with my presence. It's WrestleMania season. And, uh, you know, everyone talks about the great pageantry of the great memories of wrestling. Well, I'm going to be that guy and bring out the worst of those memories. Um, you know, everyone's talking about uh, Shane McMahon might be the mystery opponent for Seth Rollins. And I got to tell you, if that happens, it could go down as the biggest, oh, my God, I fucking hate this company moment of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but there's got to have been many moments before that have made you feel this way. So, Adam, Joe, please, delight me. Tell me and your viewers the moment, a moment in wrestling, WrestleMania history that happened and you just said to yourself, wow, fuck this company, I am done. But you're really not done because you still watch. Anyway, that's all I have for now. You guys have a blessed WrestleMania weekend. So do you have one for uh, Artie's question there, Adam? Absolutely. Uh, you know what? First of all, uh, congratulations, Artie, on just being, again, the uncrowned AIW tag team champion, uh, co-champion. So uh, you'll get him next time. Um, it's very easy because the first thing that jumps into my mind is you can think of, like, any time that they had a celebrity on WrestleMania who, like, took a spot or got a pin over somebody that I really liked because I've never been a fan of the celebrity stuff. Even people that are like, oh, come on, Bam Bam Bigelow versus LT was a great match. I'm like, eh, I didn't like it then, and I don't like it now. Um, but I think I'll, I'll stick with just, like, a, a result, and uh, maybe 2022 Joe will appreciate this more than Joe at the time. But the biggest fuck this company that jumps out to me is when CM Punk was on that God run as champion, and then they had him, you know, it wasn't when he was champion, but they had him lose to The Undertaker to keep The Undertaker's streak, because I really thought, like, they were going to have uh, Taker lose to CM Punk just to put over CM Punk, because at the time, Punk was, like, the top guy, the top up-and-comer youngster. Um, so I remember coming out of that, and when uh, Undertaker got the win, just being like, Fuck these guys. Fuck Vince. Uh, but at least I was like, well, I guess Undertaker will never lose. And I kind of got okay with that. 
because it was like, oh, it doesn't matter who you put him in there. He's just never going to lose. And then he had Lesnar beat him anyway. So that was kind of a minor fuck you. I didn't like that either. But uh, yeah, CM Punk beating Undertaker is, a, is something that jumps out. Or Undertaker beating CM Punk. Uh, I got two. And they're easy ones. They're probably everyone's ones. But I've never said, like, fuck this company. I'm never watching again. <laughs> it's more like, oh, that sucks. I can't believe they fucking did that, right? Well, that's because you're too nice of a guy, Joe. Well, no, I'm a horrible person, but I need wrestling in my life, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Number two, uh, I have to pick two, uh, would be the Triple H Booker T match at WrestleMania that year. Where the whole buildup was all this like weird race baiting shit. Yeah. Uh, and then Triple H hits the pedigree. And then it's like a good 90 to 120 second crawl in between hitting the pedigree and pitting Booker T without even hooking a leg clean and just killing Booker T's momentum dead. Yeah, and it took solid. Booker T like another like three to four years before he was able to come back from that. Yeah, I got a solid 30 count on that pedigree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but number one. Has to be WrestleMania 9 when, after losing the World Wrestling Entertainment title to Yakazuma, <laughs> uh, Hulk Hogan comes out to dispute the finish. And Mr. Hitman's like, oh, Go ahead. I can't do the impression like uh, Marcus can over on Final Wrestling Place. Uh, but he's like, Go ahead, Hulkster. You got it. And then uh, Hulkster <laughs> just beats him for the title, beats Yakazuma for the title. Like, one, I was pissed that Brett lost. Two, I was pissed that they just immediately flipped it over to Hogan because that was back in the day where they didn't do, like, babyface versus babyface matches. Yeah. So it was like, oh, well, if Yokozuna won, that means Brett will get a rematch at the next pay-per-view. Well, now Hogan wins, and I'm like, oh, Brett's not going to get a rematch because they don't do good guys versus good guys. Yeah, your best thing you could hope for would be, like, a uh, like a house show that never, get, never airs. You know? Yeah. And then Hogan's not even on TV for the next two months in between WrestleMania and when he loses the belt back to Yokozuna at King of the Ring. Um, but I was I didn't become a Hogan guy until the nostalgia run in 2002 coming back to WWF. Uh, like I said, I never liked Hogan. I always hated him. Uh, and then as I got older, I was probably like WrestleMania 9. I would have been a te an early teenager. So I was really like, oh, I hate this guy, you know? <laughs> and then, like, I really like Brett a lot, and, like, just the way that they did it was real shitty. I hated it. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I have a gimmick to uphold, so I have to shit on Brett a little bit. But, like, full disclosure, I didn't care at the time because I don't have the big wrestling brain that I have now, Joe. So I didn't understand how big of a fuck you it was to Brett to have sure. uh, the show end with Hulk Hogan winning. And I think I was a Hogan mark as a young man up until, like, he went to WCW. So, like, I liked wwf hulk hogan so it didn't bother me at all um but i can get it like now looking back at it being like man if you were a bret hart fan that had a suck as, of, as an ending but to me it was like oh well i don't like yokozuna and this is better than yokozuna having the belt so it didn't bother me you know because i was like eight or you know ten exactly all right next Thanks, call Artie. thank you Artie. joe adam kevin it's been a rough day. It's been a rough week. Uh, I would like to report a crime. And the crime is that I cannot be a four-time at a uh, champion because apparently we're all not doing it this year. I cannot show my wrestling expertise 
my perfect predictions, my whatever Adam decides to wager for the year that I end up winning and then he regrets, like assigning homework. No, <laughs> no, none of it. It's all gone this year. Maybe next year. Maybe it's a year off. Or maybe, maybe it never comes back. And I get to retire as the first, the last, and the only undefeated at Osmania champion. Stay tuned next year. I guess that means Adam's committed to doing podcasts for another year. Well, other than Porch Talk, of course. <laughs> but uh, looking forward to the show tonight, guys. Looking forward to a ton of wrestling to watch this weekend. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe let's all bring uh, something non-WWE that was a good match to the table next week. We'll see how that goes. But uh, welcome back, Joe. We missed you last week. Bye. Yeah, there's no chance in hell uh, that I'm going to allow Hellions to retire undefeated. If I have to rig this thing next year so that he doesn't have a chance, uh, it's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I'm not letting him have that win of being undefeated. So, Well, <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, so he's not four-time consecutive winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously time kind of got away with us this year and me being out of the country last week, put a damper on any sort of plans they would have had to do at odds mania again. But if it's any consolation, Kevin is one of the two people that guessed you would only know one match from WrestleMania one. So <laughs> what, what replaced at odds mania this year, which was, does Adam know the card of WrestleMania one? He is a co-winner of that. <laughs> That doesn't count. And again, uh, it, next year we're stacking the deck. I'm stacking the deck against him. I'm going right. to focus on all of his like blind spots. So no questions about grease or comments. Oh. Or, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's it's going to be a very anti-Kevin uh, at odds mania next year. We'll see. We shall see. All right. Pink button time. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Um, so i got to be quick about this, right? Because I have a, I have a lot of stuff to get to in a short time window. So, um, on PVD this week, we talked about how, like, people are making crisp shared content again and how it seems to be okay to do that. So, Joe, as a comic book guy, you know how, like, a million people wrote Batman and, like, I kind of excite characters, comics, right? So, since Chris is in a mental institution and she will never write another Sonic comic, I was thinking maybe me and you could get together and you could write like an origin story for DJ Jams to sound at you. Let me know what you think. Okay, on the second thing. So I tweeted today, um, there's like a picture of Wendy Chu and she says, uh, the caption for it is, uh, being awake is overrated. And I said that that's what Shawn Michaels said in 1993 while holding a handle of vodka and a handful of somas. But I have other drafts of that and I wanted to know what you and Adam think about it. If you could rate these from 1 to 10, I'm going to read them and I'll give you a little break uh, to say a number. Okay, so we'll start off with like a, a light one. Now uh, keep in mind, being awake is overrated. RBD to Jerry Lynn during Hardcore Heaven 99. Eh, three. Yeah, yeah, not good. Jimmy Snooker's last words to Nancy Argentino. Uh, that's like an eight. <laughs> I can get that ten. There's been a lot of talking to Daniels that lead the dogs out to the enclosed pool area. Ten plus. <laughs> yeah, ten. The Rockers in a Minneapolis hotel to a woman as she loses consciousness after getting drugged with GHB just before getting half her head shaved, pissed on, and tossed out naked in the hallway. That's a ten. 
That would be a, that's a two because it's. So anyone you guys think of those? I didn't want to tweet any of those, especially the last three, because my mentions have already been ruined multiple times this week, and I I don't I uh, I I'm, I'm just tired, you know, I'm just exhausted from it. I coward. I'm eating fucking salad, you know. Like I don't I don't I don't have it in me to put up with that shit. Katie, <laughs> <Okay>, bye. <laughs> All right. Before we address the other things that Ed mentioned, he called right back. Okay. Hey, it's Ed again. Um, I, I hate to call twice, uh, but uh, I, I needed to. This is very important. Um, one thing, uh, I forgot to promote my podcast. I was on IWT. You guys this week talking about a Dump Pro show. Thank you, Jerry, for putting Dump Pro up there. Thanks for all the great women, Jerry. You're the best. Two. Number two. Um, I'm smoking weed and driving. Wait, no, I'm not. That's illegal. Summer's out of that out. I'm just driving and training. That's right. Um, and I'm on my way to go see Morbius, and I'm so fucking excited. I haven't been to a movie theater since I think the Lion King remake, and that was like, what, 2018? And this is what I chose to go see. I enjoy nothing more in the world than uh, really bad cinema. Uh, and this is going to be a fucking treat. Jared Leto is a powerhouse. He's a part of the worst DC movie ever. Now he's going to be part of the worst Marvel movie ever. Uh, God bless this man for being so shitty and picking such shitty projects. Uh, I don't know who his manager is, but he's doing the greatest bit in the world. Uh, but remind me, um, next week I will call in and I'll let you know how this movie is so you guys don't have to see it. But I will need someone to remind me that that's what my call is supposed to be about. Uh, so I'll definitely, I'll definitely forget. Uh, I can't wait. Morbius. Woo! All right. So a lot to a lot to unpack in both those calls, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think that I'm the one to collaborate with uh, Ed on a Chris Chan side Sonichu project uh, comic book. I think there's a lot more people that we used to tag in those tweets whenever those videos would go live. Uh, Kyle specifically, I think, would probably be a better uh, Chris Chan Sonichu historian for you to collaborate with. I'm a piker. I'm a Johnny come lately. Uh, I'm just going to be a yes man. It says, sounds good to me. Let's do it, boss, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I, I know absolutely nothing about Christian other than the stuff that I unfortunately hear on Pod Van Dam yes. or the stuff that I read in Bix's tweets recently. Right. So. <laughs> I, I like how this was a classic. Bix just like is like, what the hell's going on with this? Where I know they've talked about it on Pod Van Dam many times over the last several months. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, listen, however you get there, you get there. You know what I mean? Uh, once he uh, allegedly raped his mother, I'm like, you know what? I'm out. I can't deal with it anymore. You know what I mean? It's not It's not being fun. It's not being fun. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I do love how uh, we are creating a new bit here. I like the idea of us uh, just basically sending Ed, and I don't know we didn't send him this time, but in the future I think we should, sending Ed to watch bad movies uh, and then just getting his feedback on it, you know? <laughs> so this is not, you know, obviously this is the wrestling show and the comic book show. Morbius is a comic book movie. Be, I don't screen these calls beforehand. I always forget to give that disclaimer. Um, but I was actually going to ask Ed if he could keep it clean, if he could call us before Tuesday and I would play his review of Morbius on Longbox Heroes. <laughs> so, because there's no way Todd and I are going to go see it. Yeah. Um, or it's just that we have like something, you know? Counter proposal. He doesn't have to keep it clean. And you put in beeps and we ah. see how much of it is audible for that. 
for long All walks. right. And but we played the unedited one here. I really, I really want to go see Morbius because of the bad reviews that it's getting. And it uh-huh. looked really bad to begin with. And it's a movie that's been delayed for almost like two years now. Yeah. And how sad is it that I know Ed's life better than he does? The last movie he saw in the theater was Teen Titans Go to the Movies, not the Lion King live oh. action thing. Again, <laughs> uh, while Ed may be a Chris Chan historian, I think I'm an Ed historian, which I don't know what that says about me. I think I need to be arrested. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to you, your spinoff podcast where you just talk about Ed. <laughs> it's going to be a 50-part YouTube series. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but thank you, everyone. Thank you for your calls. Uh, we never say the phone number on the air. I know Adam always sends the tweets out. Um, but the number, 570-846-0897. Uh, it's always in the show notes to all the episodes whenever the episodes go live. Uh, and also, Ed mentioned that he was on IWTV Guide this week talking about a Dove Pro show, which is some weird Japanese indie that, like, they send five shows to Jerry and then they just stop sending him shows and they stop <laughs> responding or whatever. Um, but Ed also mentioned with our plugs here for Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, uh, they just added today and are going to continue to add the catalog of all Japan women's stuff, which is stuff from the early to mid-90s that everyone from the indies in the early to mid-2000s just ripped off. It's the, uh, okay, yeah, I gotcha. It's some of the most influential wrestling in the world, and the fact that it's going to be in, like, super high quality at your fingertips to watch whenever and however you want is amazing. Uh, so if this is something that sounds interesting to you and you're a new subscriber to Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. IndependentWrestling.tv, go use our promo code at odds to sign up. Doesn't give you anything free up front, but it lets Jerry know that you came to him from us. And, uh, you know, I know coming, I think in May, Uncharted Territories moves from Thursdays to Mondays. And obviously it's difficult to talk about a show that is happening as we record the show. But with that moving to Mondays starting in May, I'm going to make a more concerted effort to watch those, to yeah. uh, push people to watch those. Because they have no other competition on Mondays. <laughs> um, Nothing worth watching, at least. I, I, I said to Jerry this week, uh, that that's a very smart move, you know, jokingly, ha ha ha, because nobody watches Raw. But the fact that there's no other wrestling on Mondays other than Raw... And, you know, even if you take us out of the equation, more of the people who subscribe to Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium probably watch Impact than yeah. they do Raw. So if you're going head to head with Impact, with well, however low Impact's ratings are, your fan base probably watches that more than they watch Raw. So, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, full disclosure for me, there's on a normal week, obviously building up to Mania might be different, but uh, I'm more quick to check out impact on the DVR than I am raw, you know, and sure. that's, you know, not even counting my, my former, uh, uh, fandom of somebody that's on the show, but like there's other people on there. I like too, you know, but not so much raw. Of course. Yeah. Um, also, uh, would be remiss to mention we're about a month away from the return of the LVAC at the Y backer brewery. Um, it's been announced that this is going to be Avery Good's last match. A lot of the publicity has come out, uh, for some of the talent that's going to be on the show. The matches haven't been lined up yet. 
Um, I know Avery Good was on the Pro Wrestling Ponderings podcast last week, and he did drop two bombshells, I guess. Uh, One, that his match on that show is going to be against a young up-and-comer, and and the fact that this show is going to be the first one that streams live on IWTV. Um, That second one we got to put a little caveat on, only because they haven't gone and done the internet test there yet. They'll just Um, use your phone's hotspot. Yeah, they're going to use my phone's hotspot. So um, I'm assuming that probably after Mania weekend, they're going to go there and do the internet test. And as long as the internet test goes through okay, then that's going to happen. But at the very least, uh, if they are going to be there filming it with the intent for it to be live, the fact that this might be the first LVAC show that ends up on IWTV is huge. But you definitely should be there in person. I have the link to buy tickets in the show notes, okay? Okay. Uh, The link is uh, merchbin.net, and then you'll see their LVAC and so forth, right? Yeah. Um, If you have or did sign up for the LVAC email newsletter, uh, every now and then they're going to send out like, oh, here's new merch, here's this, here's that, and here's a coupon code for 15 or 20% off a shirt. Well, I did double check with the higher ups at LVAC to let them know, hey, you know, in your recent email blast, that 20% off promo code, that works on the tickets. Just so you know. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, so you can get those tickets for 16 bucks as opposed to 20 bucks. Uh, you know, but I say... I'm going to say I'm going to make you sign up for the email blast so you you actually have to work for it. Yeah. Uh, Don't let this be your last chance for those uh, tickets and that discount. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I, I bought the ticket, my ticket, as soon as they went up for sale. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll let them have the four dollars. I'm fine with that. So you missed your uh, last chance. I'm very confused by all of this. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, well, come about. to the show. If you're coming to the show live, come say hi. I'm there. Adam's there. I'm working. Uh, but Adam's there. Adam will be the guy in the purple broski jacket <laughs> and the uh, ma- the major bendy's windbreaker or pull- zip up polo underneath it. Well, it, it's a major bendy's track suit or track oh, jacket, so I can't wear jacket, them both. Yes. Plus, uh, I'm a little alar- I'm a little concerned. Uh, I haven't done a test in a while, but I might not be able to zip up the broski jacket at the moment. So. Oh no! <laughs> I might have to. You know, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll do uh, whatever. What's Chris Jericho doing to look emaciated? I mean, in good shape lately. I might have to do that. <laughs> mm. That's a good question. <laughs> Clean living, I'd say. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess uh, speaking of clean living, when you are working out in your garage uh, to get back in shape to wear a purple jacket, you should listen to some of these podcasts, Joe. <laughs> uh, those podcasts include Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Hit My Music, Porch Talk, Weekly Porchises is definitely a version of Porch Talk you should check out, Viewer's Choice, Wrestling Cheers, IWTV Guide, Pod Van Dam, Hellions Talks. Wings on Wings, Viewer's Choice, and that is all the podcasts that I am going to plug. 
Uh, I, of course, will no longer plug the following shows, and those shows include Between the Sheets, Final Wrestling Place, and there's one other show. And, Joe, you ever see the the movie The The Da Vinci Code? Uh, Yes. You know how, like, the vision is in that, and, like, during that, he's, like, whipping himself to punish himself for being a sinner? You know, he's, like, kind of torturing himself? You know, like, a penance, if you will? Correct. All right, so uh, unrelated, I listened to three episodes of the A Show this past weekend, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the A Show's back apparently. And uh, guests include such luminaries as a guy that Decker knows from a message board. So uh, don't go check those out. I don't plug these shows. Uh, I just plug the shows that came before that. But uh, yeah, that's it for podcast plugs. And uh, hey, I'd be remiss not to mention, of course, you can go to the. Uh... Mothership's landing page, uh, tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes, and you could purchase uh, shirts and stickers and cell phone covers and notebooks with a bunch of designs inspired by this show, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Plays, Hit My Music, Longbox Heroes After Dark, if I didn't already say that, Longbox Heroes. Um, and you could also make any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link. Um, it's in the show notes to every single one of the episodes. Uh, they, Amazon, call it an advertising fee because if it wasn't for this show, you wouldn't know that Amazon exists. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Uh, notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include someone purchased a World Wrestling Entertainment Hasbro Elite action figure of Adam Cole without his baby. Aw, no baby? No baby. Aw, what's wrong? Where's the baby? Well, I hope you get the chase, whoever ordered that. Good luck. I say yeah. you order 50 of them. Oh. Hope one of them is the chase and then return the rest. <laughs> That's an opportunity. <laughs> definitely doesn't fuck up the algorithm of the uh, earnings report. De- <laughs> definitely doesn't do that. Oh, damn it. Well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I know you covered most of this on uh, weekly purchases this week, but uh, I know you're not going to pass up an opportunity. There's that word again. No. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. I was originally tempted, uh, you know how, like, when we do this podcast, you do the screen share so that I can hear the music live? Uh, I was going to try to figure out how to do that for my episode of Weekly Purchases, uh, and I was going to try to find an instrumental of that, and I was going to tell Brett he had to sing it. And (laughs) that was going to be a bet. But I think I was pressed for time, and I was just too ambitious for my current skill set. But Next time. Yes, next time. Um, So, Joe, I will say... That, uh, yes, for those of you that haven't listened to Weekly Purchases yet, uh, I did have a lot of stuff that I burned off uh, purchase-wise on that episode. Uh, So realistically, we recorded that on Sunday, and it's only been, what's that, like four days, five days since then. Um, But I do have a bunch of stuff to cover, so I bought a lot of stuff between then and now. But before we get into that, did you happen to see on either social media or anywhere else the WWE Mattel reveals today? 
I did. Um, obviously, trying to work from home, trying to limit my social media interactions. Uh, I think I saw most of the bigger ones come through. Yeah. Uh, I watched, uh, you know, Ringside had them all shown, like, the pictures from the Fan Fest, and then later on, uh, the computer renderings for them. Uh, and obviously, there was some stuff that we already saw that I knew I needed. Like, there was, like, the Ultimate Shawn Michaels and the Ruthless Aggression figures that I was kind of on the fence about. Uh, we saw an inbox Stacy Keebler Miss Hancock figure, so I need 10 of those. But there was a bunch of reveals that I did not know about that meet the rules. You know, my world-famous rules of what I can and I can't buy. Um, so I have to buy the Ultimate Macho Man in black gear, like the NWO Macho Man. That's like a must. Um, I have to buy the Ultimate Roman Reigns. Uh, I have to buy, but I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, but the ultimate uh, Goldberg, the Amazon fan takeover exclusive. The one with and, the head where he's breathing the smoke out. Yeah, definitely breathing like pyro smoke and won't be uh, misconstrued as anything else. Uh-huh. Um, I am going to pre-order, but I haven't pre-ordered yet. I'm waiting to do like a combining on uh, free shipping. But the ringside exclusive Cameron Grimes. Uh, remember when Cameron Grimes was like really over and had that awesome gimmick that was like everybody loved. And, uh, then they went to NXT two point glow and they're like, Hey, let's stop doing all those fun things. Uh, yeah. So it's a figure about that gimmick and I might, maybe I'm undecided, but I'm leaning towards a yes on getting the ruthless aggression series to NWO Booker T. Cause it's such an oddball figure that like, captures like one night of television so i might get that i'm undecided what about you yeah none of the none of the elites really hit for me um you know obviously they announced it'll be a year now that a chainsaw charlie was coming i would hope that we would get something of that this weekend we did not yeah i don't think you're getting the chainsaw charlie period unfortunately uh, um I'm, I, I'm still holding out hope you never know um, but I think the one that has me, I guess, I don't want to say on the fence, but piqued my interest the most was the next uh, four pack of retros. Okay. Which, which was uh, Nikolai Volkov and the Hart Foundation. I mean, Jimmy Hart, Brett the Hitman Hart, and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Yeah. I saw that and I, I get it that, you know, you're, you're big on that. It doesn't move the needle for me and it makes me want to just move my, my series one retros and be done with it. Yeah. So, uh, I love the idea of getting, uh, Jimmy Hart, Brett and Anvil together. Okay. Nikolai's the oddball. Yeah. Um, you could have threw another baby face in there like a Tito Santana or, uh, somebody else that was, against the hearts at that time you could have threw in another member of the heart foundation um or like another heel you know what i mean like greg the hammer valentine a honky tonk man a someone right but they've done those characters before you could have thrown in there and done like the perfect wrestlemania 3 gimmick where it's jimmy anvil brett and danny davis Mm. just for like a weird oddball out there but it's completely 100 all four characters are thematic Nikolai Volkov's an oddball. If I was going to get this, that Nikolai would just get tossed. Like, there's no way I'd be able to move it. I would lose money trying to sell it. I would just <laughs> give it to someone, right? Yeah. But I don't like the Brett. Okay. Uh, the the singlet top's not right. 
Well, I mean, maybe it's a prototype. Okay. I can't take a risk on it not, you know what I mean? Like yeah, the yeah. prototype looking like that and say, well, I want the Brett, but the singlet needs to be corrected. Hasbro has a history of not doing Brett correctly any yeah. way, shape or form, but it's usually the hair, the eyes, the face or the sunglasses. <laughs> now we've thrown in there. We're going to fuck up the singlet top. Um, I love the idea of the heart foundation set, but that Brett, singlet top just doesn't look right i can't justify buying it yeah i you could have put like a non-wrestler like you you mentioned uh danny davis but like give me a bobby heenan you know a bobby heenan hasbro style uh figure would be awesome um, well yeah ne- so so next so next time and again i know the license is out there a bunch of times and you don't want to do two heel sets in a row um but like let's say Next four pack set, you do like a WrestleMania th- two, three, four era run. You do Bobby from you could do Bobby in like the normal outfit, or you do Bobby in the white and gold outfit that he wore at WrestleMania three. Mm-hmm. You do let's say let's say do let's let's even say this. Let's say you do Bobby. You do Andre in the blue singlet, even though there's tons of Andres out there now. You do a Haku, even though there's tons of Hakus out there now. I don't know if they have Legends deals. And then you throw, like, a weird oddball one in there, like a Red Rooster or something. Yeah. Oh, you know what you can also... Because you're forcing people to buy four so that you don't end up with, like, a peg warmer, you know, on an oddball character. And you can make a case that if you were releasing this in retail to, like, kids, the the Gene Okerlund might have been a peg warmer to kids. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, yeah. we want that. But have every every series should have one manager or commentator. Uh, like you could do Bobby Heenan, you could do Reverend Slick, you can do uh, Mr. Fuji, oh, you, do, you know, you, uh, uh, a Gorilla Monsoon. You could do Jesse Ventura. You know, somebody who's like not a wrestler should be that fourth person. Do a tag team, you know, or like a loosely affiliated pairing. One other wrestler and do a non wrestler. That should be the formula. Give me. Oh shit. Give me this set. Give me the Beverly Brothers. Give me the Genius. Yeah. <laughs> and then for the fourth, like give me like perfect and different like a Mr. Perfect but in like different gear. Like the blue and the black that he wore at SummerSlam when he lost to Brett. Cuz yeah. isn't the only perfect in the yellow? Uh, I feel like there was an orange. Okay, so there's right. So give me a perfect in the blue and black. Yeah. With that group, so it's missed. It's a it's genius. It's the Beverly Brothers that are thematic for the era. Um, oh man. Anyway, the Brett <laughs> Sink top sticks. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm I'm not like uh, I want to just get rid of my box set of the first series, but then I feel like something's going to happen in series three where I'm going to fall in love and I'm going to want to buy them all. And I'm going to be like rebuying shit broski style. And I don't want to do that. So I'm going to sit on my series one. Uh, we'll see what the the release model looks like for series two. Because if you remember, they weren't made to order like they they allowed like a lot of pre-orders, but it wasn't an infinite amount of pre-orders. And it was very kabuki-ish on the numbers. So like I'm not sure what they're going to do with series two. So I'm still on the fence. I'm leaning towards getting out. You know, but uh, I still reserve the right to come back. For sure. 
All right, Joe. Well, I, like I said, I have a couple weekly purchases of things that I legitimately did since uh, Sunday. Um, what about you? Do you have some purchases as well? Uh, well, you know, uh, I had to pay for my vacation that I went on last week. <laughs> um, you know, the flight was less expensive than I would have thought for two there people to go. fly, but we flew JetBlue. Um, for the two of us to fly, total was like a little bit over $800. Okay. Which, again, being that this is the first time that I've flown in 10 years and flying international internationally, that feels not expensive. Yeah, I have no basis of what flights should cost because I'm not a rampant traveler. And the right. last, like, three times I flew, it was to Vegas. And, like, they pay you to fly to Vegas. You know, mm -hmm. the rates are so low. So I I don't know what it is to go someplace real. You know? uh, from, from what I understand, if you were trying to book a flight this week to go out to Dallas for WrestleMania, just the flight to Dallas for one person was $745. Okay, but I feel like, and I'll use the term sporting event loosely when it comes to the collective and whatnot, but uh, I feel like if you're going to a big sporting event, the, the airlines know about that, like whether it be the Super Bowl or World Series or WrestleMania or whatever, right. like they probably jack up the rates. Right, and then we were, the resort that we stayed at was an all-inclusive resort, so like all of our drinks and our food and everything was paid for. But obviously yeah. you're paying for that up front. So for us to have a nicer room, um, and we were there for four days with all fees and everything taken into consideration, that was $2,500. Oof. Right? Um, <laughs> and then just general, while we're out and about doing whatever it was, buying souvenirs for the folks. I didn't get anything for myself. I don't need anything. Anything I want, you know, it's not in Aruba, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like all the little tchotchkes and stuff. Um, and this I'll give you, we mentioned it on at, uh, or, uh, after dark, uh, you know, those little hand drums that you spin in between your hands from karate kid Two. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. got a bunch of those for like the nieces and nephews. And then we found, I was saddened by the lack of bootleg merchandise that was available, like through all the touristy places. Uh, -huh. uh but they had one, they had one of each of these left. They had one that had Pikachu on it. And then they had another one that was Homer Simpson and Bart Simpson on each side. So I had to get those for my kid just because he's into those things now. And it yeah. was like the only bootleg merchandise we found while we were there. <laughs> yeah, they're like I like some of the, the bootleg stuff that I see pop up on like the major group or whatever. Uh, I, I would definitely buy like a bootleg something, whether it be a bootleg Star Wars or wrestling figure or something if I saw one. Um, there's actually a store in your mall, in the Wyoming Valley Mall. That's like a toy store that that seems like it like just popped up overnight. It's in like one of the the stores that was abandoned, and it's, they sell, it's where the GameStop used to be. Yeah, and they sell like bootleg wrestling figures in there. It it, it looks like they're old like Jacks molds, but it's like no name people on it. And I was like, this is kind of funny. I wanted to take a picture, but when you go in there, like the the guy kind of gives you the evil eye. So yeah, <laughs> they were um. Those are the ones that you can get like at a Dollar General or Dollar Tree or whatever it is. So okay. I think it's just like, you know, whatever the toys that you would get at one of those places, uh, there's a guy in the mall who sells them, you know? Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, I, like I said, I've made a lot of purchases, much more interesting purchases over on Porch Talk. So please go check that out. It is in continuity with Ad Odds. You need to follow it for the overall story. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you talk about a Bret Hart siglet. And if you want to talk about somebody 
maybe buying the best Bret Hart figure ever made, non-Hasbro style, uh, maybe you go check that out. Maybe somebody bought one. But uh, as far as things that I did get since Sunday, um, I talked about this before, that maybe I'm helping somebody complete a rainbow of their rookie card. Uh, so I purchased a 2021 Tops Randy Orton versus Kevin Owens card. Oh, okay. In green, which is limited to 199 copies. Uh, because this is the rookie card of Jake Clemens, bringing my total uh, up to four different variations out of a possible like 12 of this card. So mm-hmm. we're, get, we're getting there. Um, I also purchased, uh, that went up for pre-order a couple days ago, the GameStop exclusive ECW Paul Heyman Funko Pop. Uh, I saw that and it needed to be Paul in the duster. <laughs> I needed to see the back of the thing to see if it has the ponytail sticking out of the back. Yeah, I need, that was a question I had. The duster didn't bother me so much, but the ponytail is a big concern. Right, and I know how a Funko Pop usually is. Um, and maybe somebody else can answer this, and maybe you do know. When they did, like, the Tommy Boy uh, Funko Pops, uh-huh. did they make the Chris Farley Funko Pop body fatter? Um, I can tell you that the body does get slightly fatter on larger characters. I have no idea if the Chris Farley one was bigger, but it doesn't get like huge bigger. You know, they do keep it to a certain size to keep the plastic usage down, but I I can't say one way or another. I mean, somebody else will have to chime in. Paul, the Paul Funko Pop needs to be a little thicker. See, you're being nitpicky, you know. It was, I mean, it was too. If it's supposed to depict ECW Paul Heyman, it was too clean looking. It was too polished. It was too shiny. And the fact that I don't know if it has the ponytail or not, it could be anyone, right? Yeah, it definitely does need some stubble. Like I yes. feel like this is like ECW revival, like Last Night Stand Part Two, you know, like ECW. Paul Heyman, you know? I need Coke Bender, Paul Heyman, with five days of growth after, like, somebody canceled and somebody, you know, abandoned the ship to go for more money to WCW. Um, <laughs> and now Paul's trying to reshuffle a card and says, uh, yeah, Ray Deadly versus Taz sounds like a great main event. Let's do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe the uh, the second version. Maybe we'll get uh, a Polly Dangerously with a mullet and a big old cell phone, right. a house phone. <laughs> All right. Um, two other things, real quick. I purchased uh, these. I guess came out a couple months ago, and I passed on it for whatever reason. But Target had an exclusive line of Marvel Legends uh, that they called the Retro Collection that were on cards to look like the old 1990s X-Men Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. I've seen all the Spider-Man ones. I've kind of kicked the tires on those a couple times. Yeah, so I bought the Retro Collection Gambit figure, which is made to look like a combination of either the animated Gambit or like the Jim Lee X-Men number one style. Sure. But it comes with a bunch of... Uh, like plastic, clear pink plastic things that makes it look like he's throwing cards. It's pretty sweet. Um, so yeah, that that I saw on Target's website, and it said like, you know, limited like limited quantities remaining. And I'm like, oh, I'm sleeping on this. I got to order it. So I got that. I'm happy with that. Uh, and the last thing I bought, I'm gonna end this on a on a comic book note, Joe. Not, oh, a, boy. not an expensive wrestling figure or a, or a Broski figure. Uh, or anything like that. But uh, the last purchase that I made this week, uh, fuck the, actually, I, I have another purchase, so forget. 
<laughs> Sorry, Jesus I had something else. But no, the la- the thing that I was going to end the show on was, as everybody knows, I am the Michael Jordan of Azrael figure collecting. But what I don't talk about a lot is the fact that I have pretty much every uh, comic book appearance. I say pretty much because there's some like recent stuff that I haven't gotten like all of the covers of. I was just buying like one cover. But I bought, if you remember when there was Nightfall, Night Quest, and Night's End, yes. after Night's End, uh, right before they rebooted Azrael and put him in his own solo book, he popped up in an issue of Showcase. Do you remember okay. that? I remember the, Showcase. Yeah, so there was like every year they do Showcase 92 and it'd be like 12 issues and then Showcase 1993 and it'd be 12 issues. Um, so Showcase 1994, issue 10, was an Azrael story. And obviously I have this book. I've had this book for years. Uh, it has a Joe Casada cover. It's a great cover. Um, but I do not have a CGC 9.8 of this. And any key... <laughs> Any key Azrael book, I have a CGC 9.8. And for whatever reason, short of sending in my own copies to get graded, um, which I haven't done, none of these ever pop up on eBay. Because I guess, because it's an all-black cover, it is very condition-sensitive. So like, I guess people are like, no, fuck it, I'm not even going to send it in. Um, so I now own one of three copies that exist in a CGC 9.8 of this book. Wow. So, I know uh, even before CGC was a thing, uh, there would always be in your Wizards or Hero Illustrated or whatever it was back in those days when you would get a book that has heavy black ink on the cover. Yeah. And they would always lament. It's like, well, this book is going to go up in value only because the way that the cover is made, it's going to be tough to keep copies of this mint. Yeah. And I'm turning on my video just to see if I can get you. Can you if you can see the uh, comic I'm holding up. No, you're not pop. Oh, hang on. It's thinking. Oh, there it is. I saw. Oh, okay. It. Sure, sure. Wait. Oh, got to turn it the other way. I'm going the wrong way. Now I'm fucking it up. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool, yeah. cool. That is a cool cover. Yeah, and I think it was actually the last time Casada did Azrael, And he was like one of the uh, co-designers of it. So Right. Let me turn my video off so you don't have to look at my head or look at Alexa behind me. Um, <laughs> but I was going to end the show at that, Joe, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the the debacle that happened on the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast Facebook group today. And I'm not going to oh. put this in all heat, no heaters, though. You're not? Nah, because I ain't angry about it. Nothing all to right. be angry about. So so before, so there's no no all heat, no heaters this week? Not for me. All right. I got nothing myself. All right. Yeah. So like uh, for those that don't know, uh, the major bendies, we're going to have an exclusive uh, Brian Myers and Matt Cardona major bendy limited to 150 and of each one. So like to put in perspective, uh, the, the kayfabe number that they put out for the main line was a thousand pieces. So these at 150 a piece was going to be the most limited uh, Broski and Hawkins figures ever made. If you think about it, you know, because the old ringside figures w- were limited to like 250 or whatever. So long story short, the only way oh, you can... I do, and I do want to throw in there, just for uh, reference, the yeah. first set of major bendies was four figures, but you couldn't buy them individually. You're buying all four. Yeah, yeah. You had to buy Marky and Swaggle uh, for a total of $100 plus shipping. And for this... 
you can't buy just the Brian or just the Matt. It's a two pack of them in their WrestleMania gear. Exactly. And the, the, the Cardona one's also the gear that he won his NWA title in. Right. You know, so, uh, but yeah, so you had to buy them as a pair and you had to be an ultimate tier member to gain access to them today. So, uh, like a they day were, early, a day early. And then tomorrow, regular Patreon members got like an hour advance and then general public would be able to go after it after that. So obviously with there only being 150 of them, uh, your chances of them making it to the general public were going to be very slim. So I was curious what these figures were going to go for retail wise. So I wanted to kind of like see what it would be. So they went on sale for ultimate members today at like, I don't know, 11 a.m. noon, whatever it was. So I jumped on there and they were $240 for the pair. And I remember jumping in our group chat and being like, oh, look at these guys. <laughs> like $240 for two bendies. Uh, they can go fuck themselves. That's crazy talk. Uh, and then I was seeing in the group that, you know, a couple people were basically saying this is this is batshit crazy. But then there were other people, some of your diehards who I will not name uh, so as to not incriminate them. Uh, they were actually showing screenshots of them proudly purchasing these bendies at $240 a pair. And there's obviously a lot more to the story, but I'll let you jump in if you have any thoughts so far of what you had seen up to that point. Seeing the two of them for $240 with the limited rarity of, you know, with the, the perceived rarity of these uh-huh. did not strike me as odd. So I would never buy them at yeah. $240, but I can't fault those who did. Yeah, like I expected uh, a, a, an inflated price, but in my mind, I kind of thought $100 for the pair was kind of what I would have expected, you know, cause before you were paying basically $25 a figure because the, the, the pack of four was a hundred dollars plus shipping. So I figured it would not be out of line or unexpected for them to ask a hundred dollars for two of them, you know, just to basically to keep it, you know, keep away flippers from buying like 20 of them or whatever to keep them from selling out in a half a second. I, I would have expected a hundred dollars, but they went up for $240 and you know how you could do the gimmick where you go to the website and you could check the quantities? And, uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. The problem was they put them up for $240, but they put them out to everybody. So it did not require any kind of code, and it was not a private link. So anybody, whether you were a Patreon Ultimate member or a non-Patreon member, just anybody who happened to go to the major pod website, you were able to click on these and go ahead and check out with them. So there was no requirements of like Patreon levels or anything like that. So I was basically, I went to the website, I saw that they were 240. So I did the gimmick where you can go and like add them to the cart to see how many are up for sale. And at maybe like 15 minutes after they went on sale, uh, about 10 of them had sold which is understandable, maybe 10 to 15 had sold. And these are not hard and fast numbers, but I'm giving you a ballpark of people that went ahead and bought them for $240. And then an email went out to all the Patreon members. And by all the Patreon members, I mean all of them, not just the ultimate members. So regardless of what Patreon tier you're on, they got the a code that reduced the, the major bendies from $240 down to their proper price 
which I believe was fifty dollars, Joe. I don't know if I have it in front of me here. I'm gonna look. Uh, I think it was sixty. Sixty dollars. So a little bit more expensive if you think about it on a per figure basis than the originals. Right, twenty five for the originals, thirty dollars for the variants. Yeah. So a, a pretty darn good price. I mean, all things considered, you know, limited to one hundred and fifty, whatever. So they emailed out this code to every single Patreon, regardless of your status. Now, we, I, I don't right. need to interrupt here again, but we keep yeah. talking about the status, the, 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 the levels of the Patreon. We see the ultimate level. Yeah. That's the $20 level, right? It is $30. $30 level. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it, it, there's basically, it's the one above hard foundation. Uh, I used to be a hard foundation member because I used to get the cards and get the, like, the certain podcasts and whatever uh that were exclusive to it uh i had not i had lowered my patronage uh shortly after the nft debacle but uh i i you had to be at the 30 dollars tier uh allegedly to get access to this figure during that initial window so they sent out that email to everybody and i assume you got one right the email i did yeah. Uh, and you are not an ultimate member. Last I checked. Right? Nope. I'm the five, whatever the $5 level is. Yeah. But with the bare minimum to get access to the uh, Facebook group. Uh, so everybody who wanted these figures could technically get them. Uh, realistically, if you were willing to spend 240, any Joe Schmo could have got them. Um, but if you use the code, any Patreon could get it, you know, because that's how you got the code. So I'm seeing in the group that. Number one, you have all these diehard major marks who paid $240. In the case of one person I know, he bought three of them at $240. Um, So you have these people that are like, what the fuck? I just dropped $240. And then you have these other people that used the code and were like, ha ha, I'm just a $5 level person. And I have these figures now. And then people are like, what the fuck? I signed up for ultimate just to get these. And now anybody can get them. So needless to say, uh, they had a little bit of a merchandising issue on, on their hands, which I, I know is crazy because they never have these issues, Joe. They're a very well-organized uh, thing, especially with Knick at the top. <laughs> <sighs> right. <laughs> So it's not like they've had two kerfuffles like this in less than a month. Yeah, <laughs> this is a major one. No pun intended there. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I mean, so you have all these people and obviously the figures sold out. Once they changed it to $60, it became like a no brainer. If you had access to it and you were into such things that you would go and purchase these figures. Um. And then they went and said after like, I don't know how long it took, but maybe an hour later, I think uh, Smart Mark came out and said, hey, listen, if you were not an Ultimate member and you purchased these figures, we are going to cancel your order. And uh, the I'll bury the lead here. They did say that if you spent 240 and you are an Ultimate member, we're going to reimburse you for the difference. So that's a good thing there. You know, they'll take care of the people that jumped the gun. Uh, but anybody who went and bought the Bendies using the code that they were emailed in their Patreon, which they pay to be in, uh, you will not have those sales honored. So they will be canceled and the Bendies will go back on sale. The remaining quantities of the definitely true 150 who will go up for sale at some undisclosed time because everybody's at uh, live, whatever, live 11, live 12, whatever it is in Texas right now. <sighs> but you know what, Joe? I'm not angry about it. That's why it's not in the all heat, no heaters. I was laughing the whole time. Right. Yeah. 
Um, and I definitely, Joe, I definitely didn't sign up for the ultimate tier last night with the with the expectation being that I was going to buy these major bendies. Uh, and I definitely didn't wake up with an alarm set and check out uh, oh, the boy. sale. Uh, I, I can tell you this. I did not. I'm, I'm being honest here. I did not purchase them at 240 because that would be crazy. But then when the code came in that reduced them down to $60 a pair, I definitely didn't buy one. And I definitely didn't buy a spare to flip. Joe. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> so I'm definitely not the owner of two sets of limited to 150 major bendies. <laughs> Uh, so if you need a set, they'll be, uh, available soon and probably on eBay, because I'm sure if I put them in the group, I'll get shit about, it's not fair that you bought two. So I'll just go ahead and throw the other set on eBay where I won't get any grief. I'd put them up in the group at 240 <laughs> and say, yeah. if you sign up, if you pay me $30, yeah, <laughs> I'll give you a code and then you could use that code to buy them off me. For oh. a different price. Yes, for like a hundred dollars. Right. And I'll sell that code to like four people by accident and then yeah. only be able to fulfill one order. But when they were talking about it on the show, I'm like, ah, if it's a single Brian, I would absolutely have gotten the single Brian. Yeah. But the fact that it was Brian and Broski together, you know, they don't yeah. need my money. You know what I mean? They get my five dollars a month. And not much else, really. There's a lot more people that are given a lot more money on a week, on a monthly and a weekly basis yeah. than I ever will. But I don't know. Do some stuff where it's just Brian stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. At, at 12.01 tonight, I will be lowering, lowering my patronage back down to uh, the uh, $5 tier. Mm-hmm. I, I would do it maybe before because doesn't the charge come uh, on the first? Well, they did do the thing where they said once a quarter – uh, anybody that was a member through the last day of the month will get some surprise gifts. Gotcha. So, so you, that's the, you have to be like, I don't know, throughout the rest of the day. I don't want to get screwed out of that. I are, I'm already out 25 extra dollars on the patronage. So I might as well get that thing, you know? Uh, but I will, I will close, uh, this, uh, section in this podcast with this, my favorite thing about being back from vacation uh-huh. is that my email inbox is manageable again because I had all the hotel reservations. Oh, okay. I had all the jet blue stuff. I had all the, all the, all the whatevers. Now I'm just back to all my pre-orders. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that first, uh, set of the heels and faces line are supposed to be shipping. Uh, didn't zombie say it was this week. They're supposed to be shipping. Yeah. I'll I believe it when I see it. I could have <laughs> swore. He said that they're going to be arriving sometime between like the 31st and the 6th of April. So it should be in the next seven days that I should be getting that shipping notification, right? I'm looking forward to it because uh-huh. I got things on that order. I'm looking forward to, I'm not going to hold my breath for it, but I'm looking yeah. forward to it. <laughs> All right. So I think that's a good, for, good enough for today, Joe. All right. Well, everyone, thank you very much for listening to episode 183 of At Odds with Wrestling. We are now tied in actual sequential number order with uh, We Need Wrestling from their previous Wednesday Night War numbering. And uh, since last week they were the only wrestling show on the podcast, or on the network, rather, they did uh, This Day in Wrestling History. (laughs) And they uh, even used our opening theme music as well. Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, so good, good rib on us, guys. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Enjoy some wrestling and be safe out there. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.